Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. We are about to begin a new Delta Green scenario, Operation Fulminate, The Sentinels of Twilight. It's included in the Delta Green Handler's Guide, and it was written by Dennis Detweiler. Our game master is Ford Fitch, and this will be the first time he has run a game for us. This is episode one. But before we begin, a couple of weeks ago, we recorded a prologue. Let's take a look at that now. Ah, Agent Snook and Angler, come on in. Thank you. Reporting for duty. Yes, I Thanks am. The location you got here. And the uh, as the lady closes the uh, door, he says, "I'm uh, Agent Gregor, and this is Agent Duty." I'm sorry, Gregor and Judy. Yes. Judy. Okay. These are new names to us, obviously. Mm-hmm. New people, too. <laughs> Good point. What Please, can we you see what's going on? Yeah. Yes. Have a seat. Thank you. I'm going to tell you up front, gentlemen, uh, that this is, um, well... I'll just get to the point. You've been promoted. Huh. And uh, everything that it does entail. Um, I'm not sure I understand. Yes. Well, I will, uh, I will enlighten. Um, uh, both you come highly recommended by your previous handlers. Um, for, for, various uh, both on on uh, assignments that you have uh, accomplished and um, uh, on your own or, or together and uh, well we've been looking for a couple people like you to help uh, out with an initiative that is um, pretty much um, I guess you could say been kick-started here recently yes and, um, well, on the promotion, uh, we are setting up a new uh, cell block. And uh, you guys are going to be um, assigned to, uh, to sell uh, double C. It's, this, uh, it's the double cell block, and I will explain everything to you here. Judy's off on the side kind of looking like, you know, she's like, she's really excited about this whole thing. Very pensively looking, smoking your cigarette. So is this a, is this a cell of two or are we just a uh, seed? Yeah. Uh, you guys are actually going to be a seed for, for the, for the new cell. We're going to be recruiting then. Yes, you will be recruiting. Um, here's the deal. We are in, in, we are in need of, uh, as I said, we were in need of, of individuals such as yourself, somebody who, um, shall we say, is linguistically uh, inclined, and someone who's had experience in, um, shall we say, uh, more uh, legal, uh, legal as well as enforcement matters. And uh, your names came up, and with the recommendations from your handlers, we've decided to promote you. Check. As you, as you're aware. Um, for the most part, with uh, how Delta Green works, we uh, have a pool, a large pool, of um, 
agents that we bring together for missions. Uh, but what you may or may not be aware of is that we also have more, a more established um, structure as well. This is a, the cell structure. It's based off the old spy, the, the old spy cell structure. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of a staple of Delta Green since uh, its inception in uh, the 40s. Understood. Um, and when Delta Green worked with the OSS. Um, and uh, recently, uh, the mat we've had some matters of resource management uh, that um, need to be attended to. And... Um, let me, let me go from the beginning and explain. Um, as you all aware, 2002, uh, Delta Green uh, had its major reorganization and reactivation after several decades of uh, inacti official inactivity. Mm -hmm. Understood. Um, I, I believe that they refer to that as the major clusterfuck, yes. That is a very nice way to put it. I, I would use more colorful language, but yes. Clusterfuck. And out of the clusterfuck, we've pretty much reorganized and reestablished uh, everything in regards to Delta Green uh, and how it functions. Um, one of the big things of the reorganization was asset management. Um, as I'm sure your handlers have uh, told you before that um, there was a time when Delta Green kind of was not official, shall we say? Yes, I think that's an understatement. Yes, you guys are you guys are aware of the Cowboys? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, are the extension of that unofficial uh, operation. We'll get more to them later, but. Needless to say, the Cowboys left us with, well, a clusterfuck. We didn't realize how much of a clusterfuck that they left us over with here uh, till recent years. Um, basically, at the beginning of 2002, we, uh, one of the first initiatives was to come up with a uh, management of our number one asset, which is the green box. And of course, what started off as a clusterfuck just blew up from there. Um, many, many years of going this way, that way, people not agreeing on what to do or how to do it, everybody having their own fucking way of, of handling shit. Um, it was very ad hoc, very, very troublesome. But, um, when we could, we uh, put together ops teams and organizations or cells were brought in on uh, specific missions to deal with green boxes. Mm -hmm. Many of the green boxes uh, we've been able to catalog and, and uh, cover. However, there's the, the truth of the matter, gentlemen, is that we don't know how many there are out there. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think, and um, I know how the best way to put it is, but it's come to bite us in the ass hard on several occasions. Um, 
Yeah, I've I've heard rumors from other agents about some of the agents disappearing into green boxes and never coming out again. Yeah, about that. Um, Obviously, there's some danger involved in the green box. Yeah, well, let me just let me just bluntly put it: the Cowboys didn't pay attention to things. I mean, green boxes are a resource. I mean, green boxes' initial idea when they were first uh, conceived of back in the '40s was to um, basically provide a, a something that uh, primarily was there as a as a uh, resource to agents in the field. Um, everything from bullets to whiskey to guns to uh, food to a place to hide out in case of trouble. And that was the primary, and that's pretty much been the primary focus on green boxes. Well, somewhere along the way, some guy got a bright idea that, you know, a green box could be used also as a storage for things found in the field. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to kick the ass of the asshole who figured that one out. <sighs> At some time back in the in the fifties, maybe even back during World War II, I don't know. At this point, I don't fucking care. Anyway, uh, shortly after two thousand two, uh, the uh, double A uh, cell the, the the double cell block was uh, was established, with double A being the first cell. And they were tasked to uh, come up with a uh, proper procedure on how to handle things. This um, has been an ongoing thing. And they've been, they are still doing it to this day, although uh, recent events have uh, changed a lot of people's attitudes and actually got people active and on a, uh, on, a on a page. Um, when was double A? When was double A started? Two thousand two. Two thousand two was double A was started, and uh, with the intention of uh, double double B, uh, C squared, D squared, etc. Over time, it's being established. Um, but yeah, over over the years up till about two thousand seventeen, it's been a very haphazard shit show. And double A has not gotten a lot of respect. Double A has been kind of taken away, and we've had, you know, and we've had a lot of stuff, of course, that um, has been priority over uh, something that a lot of people consider as paltry as resource management. I disagree, but that's just me. Well, it sounds like you're leading up to asking us to do something with the green boxes that are still out there. Absolutely. Um, let me just kind of, Judy, uh, get, get those files for the gentleman. Um, we had an incident here in 2017 that's pretty much got our uh, steering committee on track and on focus on trying to uh, actually do what AA has been trying to accomplish uh, all these years. Uh, we've got a uh, file on an incident that happened in uh, January of 2017 here. Uh, you guys are welcome to look at it at your leisure. Um, I'm not going to um, go into the full details, but I'll give you the cliff notes here. Um, 
one of the uh, green boxes that we had on file was uh, the alarm was trip, tripped on it. This green box was des uh, designated to be um, investigated anyway, uh, but there was a storm, as you might recall from the uh, papers, uh, in the Midwest. Um, You're talking that, about uh, LaFontaine. Uh, you know about LaFontaine. Well, Great. I heard some things about it. Okay. Have you heard about LaFontaine there, Angler? No, it's all news to me. There was a okay. big storm they had a couple of years ago where everything froze over. Uh, they had like four inches yeah. of ice. ice. In the Midwest? The Midwest. Yeah, specifically in the, uh, the, the boot of Missouri. Yeah. The weather there gets pretty bad in January, doesn't it? It does. It does. It this does. But this, this was out of, something out of the ordinary. They had to send in uh, National Guard and everything else. To, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, a lot of people died. It was big and on the news and, and stuff there. But basically, apparently there was a green box there. I don't know all the, all the details and stuff. I'm just going off the files myself. But there was a green box there. Uh, something happened to the green box. There was a, an alarm tri tripped. Somehow we had... Was the alarm tripped trip before the meteorological event or after it? Or uh, during, during the meteorological event. Okay. So and, the green uh, box was causal here. What's that? We don't think the green box was causal here. No. 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 Not not on this this part of the situation. Thank you. Um. The uh, during during the the meteorological event, the um, alarm came in. Now it happened to be lucky that we had access to the alarm system for that part of the country. Um, we're finding new alarm systems and new algorithms all the time. Um, long story short, uh, it was still kind of buried in the system and it was thanks to one of our, our techs after the fact that we uh, were, were uh, informed about this. Um, long story short, a uh, team was called in to check it out, catalog, um, make notes uh, if it was too much for them to handle. They'd call somebody else in kind of the typical shit show that double uh, A cells been trying been working with. Um, not what they want, but it's what they got. Um, team went in and the long story short was um, some asshole from the from the cowboy era left something there and it caused a hell of a lot of trouble. Really? Yes, we uh, lost one agent in the process and another was severely maimed and other injuries potentially from what is described as an alien entity. We're, um, we're incurred. And the cleanup on that afterwards was not fun. Um, but let me get to the point, gentlemen, here. The green box. Uh, it was very poorly handled. It was very poorly done. And the situation there in LaFontaine um, pretty well um, cemented to our higher-ups that we need to be paying more attention to our green box and stuff. And the fact that if people are uh, <coughs> excuse me, if people are have been leaving stuff there, past agents, past stuff, 
it could be a, it could be a potential um, for disaster, just like La Fontaine. Indeed. So you're looking for a new cell uh, that is a cleanup crew in advance. Uh, more like um, cataloging and uh, and dealing with uh, and de and dealing with uh, what is there, getting an idea of uh, of the threat rating and situation and being able to report to uh, the cell above them to that who will actually go in and uh, and do all the dirty work. Right. That seems like a logical procedure that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Find uh, out what's so, there, but don't necessarily handle it yourself if you don't have to. True. But in the being flexible, uh, you may be called in to uh, handle these uh, the, these these situations on your own um i the way we're setting things up i don't anticipate that happening but you know how it goes mm -hmm. um basically you guys are going to be uh, uh part of c squared or double c cell uh the cell above you is going to be uh b squared d squared is going to be below you uh you will have contact with the uh with the uh heads of, uh, of B squared and D squared. B squared is going to be your, your guys that you're going to be uh, communicating with uh, in regards to actual uh, dealing with the um, uh, uh, cataloging and with any particular threats. B squared, of course, reports to A squared and A squared is your oversight. And then A squared, A squared? I am above A squared. Uh -huh. Let's just say I'm uh, I'm the guy I'm one of the guys A squared goes to, and event and eventually through the track, your stuff comes to me. Understood. As I said, this works like a like a old uh, spy cell right. scenario. If you're if you are familiar with it, but um, your credentials uh, set you up well. Uh, Agent Angler, you work with the ATF and uh, not only with uh, dealing with law enforcement, but with uh, things involving, um, you know, trade relations, trade stuff, um, shall we say, uh, illicit, uh, illicit trade, black market. Understood. Um, and uh, contraband, especially. Uh, I've noticed in your notes that uh, on a daily basis, you work on, you know, a lot with the, uh, contraband section of the ATF right and uh, agent Dunk, uh you've said you've uh, established yourself as a very competent person when it comes to languages and literary stuff and uh, given your record here um, as you know we've uh, in the past used you for uh, various uh, things in regards to um, books and various um, literary uh, related uh, Yes. Scenarios. So I figure you, uh, you know, myself and the steering committee, uh, after reviewing you two, figured that you would be the perfect people to handle uh, C squared. Understood. How? Uh, what's? Uh, uh, how many people are we looking to recruit as a main team? Um, in those files that uh, I gave you there about uh, La Fontaine, which I highly recommend uh, you look at, especially uh, the efforts of the uh, of the ops team there to um, 
deal with the uh, cataloging and stuff. And then Judy over here goes, yeah, we're still dealing with that damn head. I look yeah. at water and I'm like, head? Yeah, one of the uh, artifacts there. Uh, apparently the, uh, apparently the um, biological entity that somebody threw in a tin can in the, in the, in the green box and left it to rot, which it didn't, um, wasn't the only crazy thing that was in there. Um, we found evidence, uh, well, we have the head, which we still haven't figured out, which is a, um, some kind of uh, art sculpture gone wild, if it's the best way I can put it. Huh. We've, got, we've got a write-up okay. on it. We don't, we don't need to know. Yeah. The, the less we know, the better. Uh, but <laughs> on, a, on a positive note, um, there was some um, uh, information there that helped out one of our cell teams in, a, in an op in Chicago and was very, very uh, useful. Hmm. And that's another thing for you guys are going to be looking for when you're uh, locating green boxes and stuff and getting a general um, scouting sus of what's there is anything that could be potentially uh, useful. Useful. Uh -huh. uh, basically looking for things that are potentially useful, looking for things that are potentially um, dangerous. And also, um, one thing we want to do with green boxes is um, try and bring them back to their original use. Um, in my personal experience with green boxes, uh, when it comes to need, needed things and stuff, it's been a crapshoot. I mean, you go in looking for flashlights and... Uh, and uh, power bars, you find tons of ammo. When you need ammo, you've got toilet paper. So they need a general reorganization. So exactly, exactly. And uh, that's Perhaps something... a standardization. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily standardization, but uh, reorganization, making sure that they are um, safe and handling things safely. If there are things that have been stowed there, uh, a general a general idea of what's there so uh, B cell can go in and and, uh, and catalog it and deal with it mm -hmm. and contain it if necessary um, and and anything you know you're gonna have to be flexible on this because um, you're gonna be going into the unknown with these things and we are um, uh, D squared is gonna be coming in after you to uh, basically restock, resupply, fix things up. Uh, but you guys are the ones going in and giving recommendations on how to handle the particular green box. Okay. And such. So this is a traveling show. Yes, this will be a traveling show. And if there are areas of the country that you're going in um, that deal with green boxes or other kinds of storage uh, for, uh, for Delta Green or, or resources for Delta Green, um, this will be your, you know, this will be your purveyance and stuff, and you can make recommendations where we need stuff, as well as cataloging what's there or following leads to uh, where there may be green boxes. Because I'll tell you what, I have a stack of papers this high on my desk uh, that, of course, you look at his desk. There's not not much other than his general notes and stuff. I have a stack of papers this high on his on on my desk on nothing but possible leads of where there might be. I mean, it might be green boxes. We're talking years right. of work here. 
it'll be a challenge to see if we can locate them. Yes. And that's going to be part of your, your, uh, your duties, especially in your off time when you can work around your day jobs is uh, taking what information we can get to you and uh, figure out where there might be green boxes. Is this a situation where we might be uh, recruiting locals when we go to a particular area or we're going to have a team that's moving? Um, that would be a recommendation to uh, more than anything else. Actual recruitment will be, uh, will probably be under the auspices of uh, D squared. When they're, when they're setting up, they'll set up the recruitment. They'll set up friendly to keep an eye on things. Um, if, there, if, the, if there's no kind of uh, alarm system or, or, or access system to the green box, they'll set up set that up too. Um, Hopefully something better than squawk boxes. Yes, that's the idea. But, I mean, we are working on a budget. So, you know, we may only have, to, we only, may only have a squawk box there. If we can do better, we'll we'll, we'll put it in. But um, like I said, no, this nowadays our motion yes. sensors are sensitive enough and, and inexpensive enough that they're. And that's the thing is that most of these green boxes were put together everywhere from you know the '70s all the way up to the to the late '90s, and the technology we have today is far more advanced. And uh, that's kind of one of the initiatives is to bring it up to snuff as best as we can with what resources we have on hand. <laughs> Uh, but do keep in mind, you may end up, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you may end up uh, having to do some of uh, B squared and D squared's work along the way. Well, I'm if sure we're are, prepared for, for those yeah, kind of eventualities. As, as they are prepared to handle stuff from your job, and just, just in case of a situation or scenario. Uh, one, more, one more thing. Um, again, dealing with green boxes. Um, we there is a chance you may come in contact with the cowboys okay. just be aware um the cowboys don't discriminate on whose green box is what we may have a file on a green box and well that might be something that they're actually living out of right understood um make notes try not to get into contact what contact you have get out of quick don't don't mess with them. If you if they're there, let let a uh, a squared handle handle the cowboys. All right. Um, nothing says you can't leave a bottle of whiskey and uh, you know some smokes, but uh, you know and you know peace offerings and stuff. But if you know that the cowboys are involved there, just make notes and try to get out as 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 discreetly as possible. Yeah, we'll try to avoid them. Uh, we don't want any problem with the Cowboys. We're already working on trying to deal with them as, as necessary. Well, so the, it presents itself as a challenge because if they, if they in fact detect our presence, they might not realize that we're also agents of Delta Green. And that's true. So whenever you're going into the scenario and the situation, um, it's, it's, it's expect that they may pop up when they least expect it. Yeah. And uh, the, the whole idea is, you know, we want to let them do their thing. And if they're getting out of hand, that's for someone else other than you guys to, to handle. Um, Understood. More of my superiors and, and such. Um, Very good. 
Let's see. Um, one other thing, uh, you are still agents of Delta Green, so there is also a chance along the way you may be roped into other uh, assignments of other course. than your primary uh, situation. You may be uh, called in with, on an ops team and stuff that will be people that are not part of your, uh, your cell. So be prepared. I mean, it's like, yes, you're primarily going to now be working with uh, regular heads and regular familiar faces, or what will be, but um, it, there may it, be time. There may be times when you and your other members will be uh, working uh, as necessary. It sounds like we're going to be fairly busy. That's an understatement. There. <laughs> well, I understand. Um, Agent Angler, I do not, of course. Agent Angler and I have known each other. I mean, we've known each other from previous missions. We don't really know each other, but uh, uh, I think that it may be discretionary to cut off all bonds with uh, you know, personal bonds, if that's possible for you. It's certainly possible for me. Yeah, um, I travel pretty light. I'm currently in a relationship, but I can end that. I'd recommend um, holding off a bit before totally severing everything, but be prepared. Well, I just don't know that I can maintain a relationship while I'm busy, as it were. Look, I would personally recommend um, that 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 you that, that you see how things go and see how you can you can moderate it because that's the best way I can put it. Um, Drastic changes right away may be noticed. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll understand. What, uh, what's the time frame we're looking like for organizing a team? Yeah, um, you all have a, um, let's see here. Okay, takes out his notes, looks at, at stuff there. Um, yeah, uh, you have about um, two months. Uh, we have candidates in your files there, uh, about 20 people. Each of you have a copy of, of the candidates. Um, you can go through them. Anybody who looks like, uh, looks like their potential, uh, you can send information via the uh, regular channels to us, and we'll set up meetings between you and that, those candidates. All right. Very good. Um, we can test leave, their listed skills, yeah. I leave it to your guys' discretion. Um, also, and while he's saying this, Judy's kind of given a like, look, you know, very, very, God, we got to do this sort of thing. Um, do keep in mind that your jobs primarily uh, when you're working on, on your uh, focus are going to be observational nature. Um, I would personally recommend not picking out too many people that are of the uh, slash and burn. Uh, no, you want discretion. I understand you want you want discretion uh, and observation, and which is one of the reasons why we we got you, Agent Nuke, is because we want more of a uh, intellectual approach on this, right. as opposed to a. Uh, um, um, end it sort of thing as right. Um, there's a time to end things, but there's also a time to understand what's there and you're part of understanding what is there. All right. Cool. 
Oh, that's GM saying cool. He doesn't say. Oh. He doesn't say go. He go. <laughs> he nods and says okay. Um. By the way, and about this time when he says, "By the way," uh, the door opens. And and uh, and uh, younger guy with blonde hair, uh, goatee, uh, kind of wearing real kind of casual clothes, looks over to you says Judy and says, "Ma'am, uh, something's come up. We need you." And she nods and says, "Excuse me," to uh, you all and heads out. <laughs> all right, uh, gentlemen, do you have any further questions or inquiries? Probably anything I have is going to be somewhere in one of these folders. Okay. Right. And, uh, and uh, well, I guess my initial question is where will we be setting up operations? Mm. All right. Um, where would you like us to start? And this is a very nice little office, by the way. Thank you. Um, we happen to just uh, need it for the time being, so uh, it suited our needs. Um, yeah, um, let's see, um, where are you guys lo uh, currently located in your day jobs? Well, we're in San Jose. I had to fly out from, uh, uh, New York or from okay. Washington, D.C. Where am I? Uh, okay. Yeah, I maintain an apartment in D.C., but I'm pretty, uh, mobile. Okay. I'll tell you what, um, since you guys are on the Eastern, Eastern seaboard there, uh, we will, um, we'll set you up with a, with a small office of your own in, in DC. Okay. Um, won't be anything fancy, uh, but it'll at least be a place where you all can gather and, uh, discuss things. And we'll also uh, set you up with an alternative. And then if you gentlemen wish to, um, shall we say, be mobile as to your location, uh, that'll be at your discretion. Of course. I would does, personally um, recommend it, but. Does um, D cell or, uh, or, I mean, uh, D squared cell or B squared cell handle expense questions? Um, you can send uh, expense questions through uh, the, the heads of B squared. B squared, okay. And that comes up to uh, A squared and A squared to me, uh, to me and my, my fellows. Sure. Um, B squared will, will help set you up with any kind of finances along the way uh, for your actual job. Uh, if you guys get pulled for something else, uh, that'd be the discretion of your handler. Um, you're going to be operating largely without a handler and mostly through uh, B squared, B cell. Uh, D cell is going to be uh, coming to you for uh, stuff on their end sure. of things. Um, so it kind of you know goes up the chain of command as it were. Understand. So and we'll, we'll, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, uh, did you say that they would set up an office for us, or do we have to look for it and find? Uh, we, um, uh, the oversight committee, will set up an office for you. All but right. from that point on, um, you may. Uh, Something preferably a little more discreet than a gigantic office block. Absolutely. This is uh, this suits our needs for now. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. yes. Um, but for you guys, yes, definitely. And like I said, if you guys wish to move on your own, uh, I would highly recommend it. Just to right. 
the safe side of things. Not that I anticipate there's any problem, but we live a we live a revolving shit show. Let's face it. I'm just kind of partial to Art Deco architecture. So. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. All right. And just be and just be kind of um, of um, ready to move. Yeah, of course. And uh, we'll and um, we may we may talk again. Uh, or one of my fellows will talk with you. Right. Uh, but myself and Judy are are your old. I guess you could say your 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 ultimate. I I hesitate the word handlers. We're more of your o oversight people. I understand. Yes. About this time, uh, Judy comes in and uh, with a with a bunch of files. And walks over to uh, walks over to Gregor and uh, whispers something to his ear. Kind of looks at at her, going, "Oh, that's great." And I thought I was going to have a, and I thought I was going to have a easy day. Gentlemen, uh, we just had something come up. Oh. Yes. Um, we have an incident uh, report that just came in. And um, we don't have anybody else here at this time. And gentlemen, uh, you're in an operation right now. Well, we came prepared for Night of the Opera. <laughs> well, it's gonna be quite a night here. Um, this might actually be advantageous. Uh, we might be able to get some of your closer uh, people on, the, on your list to come join you on this. Right. Might be a way to vet them out. See if they're worthy of uh, of working with you on a on a long term basis. All right. All right, gentlemen. Um, in about two hours, you're going to be visiting with Agent Kirk. Agent Kirk is going to be your handler, and he is going to uh, go over uh, this new mission. And we have a location where we're supposed to meet. Him. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, you, are going, you guys are going to be going to Yosemite National Park. Uh, we have a report of a uh, missing child that's been found. That should be a good thing. Yes, well, Kirk will fill you in on what's going on. Um, is that where we're meeting Kirk? or No, you're going to be meeting Kirk out, in the, uh, out there. I see. I was going to say, it's going to take us a while to get to Yosemite from here. Yeah, and uh, it's going to take a while to bring in the closest uh, uh, people on your list. All right. So we'll... So, uh, we'll yeah, in the meantime, I would highly recommend um, going out, get yourself some food, go down the street. Uh, there's an outdoor shop. Get yourself some outdoor clothing while you're out there. Uh, like, uh, oh, Yosemite. Yes, of course. Yeah, and be prepared for... Uh, for going out into the wilderness. Okay. Well, gentlemen, uh, Operation Fulminate is going to be in effect. Uh, two hours, come back, meet with, uh, meet with your handler, Agent Kirk, and um, the others should be here. Excellent. Very good, Agent Gregor, thank you. Okay, having seen that, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Ford? All right, guys. Um, through various means and ways and whatnot, um, you get a message coming in. 
the message you either look for or dread, you get a message saying that you're welcome to a night at the opera. You're invited to a night at the opera. Come to a night at the opera. Uh, also on top of this is the caveat of uh, the opera's, um, a night of the opera uh, at Red Rocks, which uh, going through your little cheat sheet manual and stuff, either in your brain or otherwise, um, denotes that you're going to be going into an action that is gonna require you to go out into the woods or camping or uh, on an extended uh, stay outside of uh, civilization. And it, and it's it generally a good idea to plan accordingly for that. Uh, also, for whatever reason or another, uh, with the exception of Agent Cash, um, who gets the notice a little bit earlier, uh, you are in um, and around the San Francisco Bay Area. For one reason or another, I'll let you guys come up with an excuse for that um, when you get this message. And you're given an address to uh, what turns out to be a um, office block in Silicon Valley. Uh, the date is Saturday, uh, July 7th, 2018. And um, leave it up to you how you're going to get there. <sighs> Do we see each other? Um, I'm figuring um, uh, Angler and Nunk have come back from their uh, yeah. spending spree and are back at the uh, offices there. That's right. We had lunch together. Yes. And I pull up a little bit late in my 72 black Barracuda as well. No problem. And, and as you guys go to the, uh, the uh, office block, it's your typical um, Silicon Valley office block built in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, black glass, um, one of thousands that dot the valley. Um, you'd figure, you know, back in the day, it had dot uh, com startups in there and all kinds of stuff going. But it's a little bit on the um, on the uh, kind of quiet side right now, even though there are malls and shopping areas nearby. Um, has you know signs out in front uh, that uh, you know rent this building for X amount. You know guy there smiling pointing to the to the uh the text there you know typical stuff you'd see see around and uh to move things along um you uh, find your way into the building and up onto onto one of the floors where um you come across uh, a uh, opera production company which as you say your your various um passwords and codes uh takes you to the back which um Amazingly enough, looks like a uh, government operations center, and this is uh, this is interesting because uh, probably for the first time for many of you, you never quite expected Delta Green to have something like this. Um, you'd expect this, you know, something like the offices of the FBI or the CIA, but this is the first time you've encountered something like this. Um, various people going around, phones ringing. Uh, people typing away, it, you know, just looks like the, the back room of, uh, of another agency for the government. Um, and, um, you know, with a good little bit of looking, if you want to, if you all want to do uh, some uh, search roles and stuff, you're up, up to it. Um, but uh, otherwise, um, otherwise, um, you kind of get the sense that though it looks somewhat, you know, like, 
like a permanent setup that it could easily be broken down and taken away if, uh, if necessity permitted. Um, after, after going through the, the rows of cubicles and, and banks of uh, computers and, and dodging a few people, you're, you're taken to a uh, conference room in the back where Nunk and Angler are sitting with a uh, large uh, gentleman who's of looks of Polynesian or Maori descent. Um, buff guy, big, looks like he's an ex-Marine. And uh, he identifies himself as uh, Agent Kirk, and he's going to be your uh, case officer for, for this mission. Gentlemen, please come in. I walk in silently and take a seat. Okay, and you can all uh, describe uh, who you are, what you look like in general, and then uh, take it from there. Name's Agent Cash. He's a pretty imposing dude. He's about six foot two. Uh, 350 pounds, a little bit over uh, in his 60s, somewhere in that range. Uh, has a classic look. Looks impeccable except for his uh, pocket square, which he seems to mess with a whole lot. It's a medical man, huh? Always good to have a medical man along. It is. It's your lucky day. How about you, cowboy? I, howdy. Uh, my name is Marshall. I walk in. Uh, six, uh, you see, he stands about six foot five, two forty-five. Bright red hair, beard, sunglasses on. Walks in, carrying a duffel bag on his side. Walks over to the nearest wall, puts his cowboy boot up against the wall, and leans with his back against the wall, just looking around constantly. He flips right. his cowboy hat up and just nods his head at everybody. Well, Angler, we got another one of those, huh? Ma'am, I'm sorry. I should have let you go first. Uh, uh. Uh, yes, I'm uh, Agent Hartz. Um, she's um, looks to be in her late 30s. She's kind of dressed in a like a comfortable blazer and some dress pants. What? Uh, what's your specialty? Yeah. Antiques and history. Oh, well, that's always helpful. Um, my name. My name is. Uh, you can call me Agent Nunk. Uh, I'm a linguist. Uh, I'm uh, actually a hyperpolyglot. I'm fluent in Greek and Latin, most of the Romance languages, Germanic languages. Uh, other than that, I'm completely unremarkable, average-looking plain. I, I choose to blend into the background rather than stand out in the crowd. And this gentleman over here is uh, Agent Angler, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's the one in charge of us. Want to say it's nice of you to think of it that way. Uh, and I'm uh, late 30s, brown hair, clean shaven, pretty nondescript also, trim, tidy. So is this the uh, entire roster? Looks like it. Agent Kurt, what do we need to, to know? Do you want us to brief yeah. them? Um, as I said, I'm Agent Kirk. I'm going to be your uh, ha uh, case officer for uh, Operation Fulminate, which was uh, just uh, enacted. Um, gentlemen and ma'am, we have an interesting situation going on here. Um, We're going camping, boys. And yes, <laughs> you are going camping. You guys are going to be going to uh, Yosemite National Park. Um, in the um, Hetch Hetchy region of the Yosemite National Park over by O'Shaughnessy Dam, 
uh, Ranger. Um, Uh, recovered a uh, six-year-old child by the name of uh, Brandon McGill. Uh, the interesting, the uh, interesting, was he alive? Yes, yes. Um, I'll explain here from uh, what our sources um, are uh, have been have been given me here. Um, your mission is going to be to and. Uh, investigate this uh, unexpected recovery of uh, Brandon McGill. Um, on, uh, yes, yesterday, on uh, July the 6th, um, he was found um, wandering, uh, the, wandering around the uh, backpackers camp at uh, the, uh, at the uh, uh, ranch area trailhead in the Hetch Hetchy area. Um, naked and dirty, uh, the, um, National, the National Park Ranger who found, who found him um, uh, brought him in, checked him out, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, had, a, had a look into him along the way and found some interesting stuff. And this is why we're involved here. Um, as I said, the, uh, yes. Did 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 he like wander away from his family on the Fourth of July? That's what that's what the national park that's what the ranger the ranger um, said uh, thought at first. Let me get into that here. Um, as I said, the child identified himself as Brandon McGill um, from Topeka, Kansas, um, and um, at, and in the process he he uh, asked to call his parents, and uh, that and that occurred. Um, the head ranger at the, at the, um, Ranch Area Trailhead Trail Station, um, uh, began, a pro you know, processing the child after, after they got him, uh, settled and cleaned up and, and looked over and, uh, some interesting things came up. Um, apparently, um, <clears throat> Brandon disappeared from the area back in 1980. What? Yes. Um, they sent his picture and his, and fingerprints and, uh, and information to the FBI, um, bypassing the local law enforcement stuff. Uh, uh, and, uh, the FBI, um, cross-referenced it with their, with their records. And it showed that, uh, Brandon McGill disappeared, um, in uh, in 1980, and by all accounts, he should be 40 years old, but he's six years old in in appearance. Well, I think you got your math wrong there, but you're talking have, 38. Have a look. Have have a look, and he hands you out uh, the the original uh, a packet, each of you a packet that has the original FBI records. Uh, along with the picture of Brandon, and then um, more recent uh, FBI report uh, that um, that shows a um, recent picture uh, that definitely looks like him at six years old. Uh, you know, a little bit haggard and stuff, but um, but uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely Brandon. And so uh, the logically match. speaking, the prints match. Okay. 
uh, you see, you, you, you notice a match in prints and uh, match in, in facial features. So by all accounts, this is Brandon. Y'all got a uh, medical record on this boy? Uh, yes. Uh, but the medical records are from, uh, uh, from uh, uh, 1980 and back. Hand you the medical records and stuff. Um, medical records uh, don't show anything crazy other than uh, he broke his arm uh, while riding his bicycle. Um, fairly, fairly healthy kid um, and uh, no signs of, uh, of trauma or abuse or anything. Just pretty much a, a typical uh, six-year-old kid. And so, now he showed up naked, but otherwise physically unharmed? Well, he was, he, he was in shock. He was dirty. And uh, from what the account that the uh, park ranger said, uh, he was, he was dirty. He was, um, he looked dehydrated? like he'd been lost uh, a little bit dehydrated, but otherwise uh, not nothing, nothing, um, nothing out of the ordinary. The soles um, of his feet were okay. Um, I don't have any information of, of any, any kind of uh, medical stuff there. Um, there was, it's been kind of hazy with that. Any other information on his parents? Um, yeah, how did they yeah. react? Well, here's the deal. Um, somewhere along the way, while he was being processed, uh, he made a phone call to his parents in Topeka. Uh, the number was still the same after all these years. And um, apparently uh, there was kind of a... a which you would expect a crazy uh, sort of uh, interaction between uh, him and then the park ranger and the, and the parents. And apparently the parents are from the accounts we got from the FBI are on their way to go see him. But you want parents, us to see him first? Um, essentially, yes. Um, parents are over 60, yeah. And appear to be over 60. Yeah, that happened. Yes, they are over 60. Um, I don't have any accounts on the parents right now. I'm having uh, Agent Sparky look into that, and we'll try and get you some more information on that. Sparky's our, uh, our um, hacker guru here that we keep locally. So if we can verify that all of this information is true, then we're dealing with some sort of time displacement. Something like that. Um, that's what, that's what you're going to be needing to look into. Um, I got some more, a uh, gentleman, I apologize here. Uh, a lot of the stuff came last, last second. Um, I, it's a mess. So if I'm kind of jumping back and forth here on what I got and, and I'm briefing you on here, please do forgive me on this. I don't tell you how to um, He's definitely smoking a cigar in this establishment, by the way. Nobody That's seems to care unless any, any of you guys mention anything about the cigar. Notice the only one smoking is the doctor. Doc, when you've seen some of the things that are out there, I can totally understand smoking. What are you talking about? Hmm. Well, I don't say that, see us all uh, suddenly surprised that a child has shown up 38 years later and <coughs> aged the day. Okay. Um, uh, here we go. I got yeah. Hmm? Awesome with you. Sorry. No problem. Uh, gentlemen, I got another bit of uh, kind of more detailed information on uh, Brandon's disappearance here. Um, 
uh, kind of an addendum to one to the FBI record. It, it's interesting if you look into this record. It's kind of sketchy. Um, well, it's hard to believe the civilians. Yes. Um, the material from 1980 is sketchy. Yeah, just the whole, this whole thing seems very sketchy. Um, like, I don't know, gentlemen. This seems uh, now that I'm looking at it, and I will share this with you here. It, it doesn't seem like it was a lot of attention was put onto onto Brandon's case here. But I got a I got a note here that says, um, let's see, uh, Brandon F. McGill disappeared from the Hetch Hetchy area of Yosemite. Uh, apparently near a natural landmark called the Devil's Chair on June 22nd, 1980, uh, while he was on vacation with his parents. Um, uh, from what I gather here, uh, from what Sparky gave me, uh, the Devil's Chair is a uh, popular uh, site that people visit in the Hetch Hetchy area. It's um, near one of the big uh, mountains. Which big mountain? Um, it's one of the big mount, mount, uh, kind of mountain hill rises in the area. Uh, I'll see if I can get you further. Or, hmm? El Capitan or Half Dome? No, actually, actually, uh, gentlemen, the Hetch Hetchy area is is far removed from all the uh, popular, um, oh. I guess you I've, could say. Um, I've never been there. so I. No, it, a lot of people haven't. Uh, it's kind of one of those hidden gems of Yosemite right there but then again i haven't been there i couldn't tell you much about it other than what little bits i've heard a hidden gem uh, that apparently spits out children after 40 years apparently um this report goes on to say um that uh brandon mcgill's parents are ian and ann mcgill uh M mcgill um at the time they were 27 and 37 or wait 27 26 gotta change that printer um, claimed that the child was uh, right near them when, when he vanished. Um, at the time of, van of when they vanished was uh, 4.30 p.m. Um, apparently it uh, states in subtext here that they claimed that uh, the child was there one minute, gone the next. Hmm. Um, apparently they were uh, around a um, patch of uh, huckleberries near the devil's chair when uh, this occurred. I don't know why they put something about huckleberries here. It's what, what, I don't know. Be your huckleberry. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Oh, gosh. The boy, where is Are the huckleberries boy? real? Yes, very real, actually. Um, they're kind of they're like blue, uh, like uh, raspberries and blackberries, same family. Mm. But a tree instead of a smaller plant. Mm. Yeah. Uh, does, uh, and the McGill family, were there other uh, children? No other children. And uh, they were three of them. Right. So there, and there wasn't any criminal investigation into how these people went into the national park, lost their child. There was, there was a, uh, there was a short investigation by the FBI and local police. Um, didn't yield anything. There was search and rescue efforts uh, that that occurred, but. Um, they didn't find anything. Um, dogs couldn't find the, the dogs couldn't find the scent or the trail. Uh, apparently, according to the records here, um, they spent at least uh, three days looking for the for the child. And, Are there uh, any newspaper clippings of this event? Uh, there might be, but I don't have any in this uh, in this dossier. 
we'll have to offer. look those up. The, we're in San Jose, right? Or San Francisco? Yes. Uh, San, um, you're outside of San Jose right now. Okay. Yes. We look them up at the library before we, oh, we're heading out. Is the Miguel family U.S. nationals, or are they? Um... Yes, they, they're 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 United States citizens. They live in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, been still living there even after the uh, situation with the loss of their child. You said Ed and Ann. Um, Ian and Ann. Ian and Ann. Yes, Ian and Ann. Do we have a description of what the child was wearing when he vanished? Yeah, he's just wearing a wearing a uh, he's wearing a Star Wars T-shirt, um, and uh, at blue jeans, uh, tennis shoes, uh, had a had a ball cap. But he showed up naked. Guess he's not a Star Wars fan anymore. I mean, if this was the X Files, I would say alien abduction, but we all know that's all a bunch nope. of nonsense. Alien abduction, cryogenic freezing, time uh, dilation. Well, I, you well, know, see, I, I was, I was hmm? thinking about the cryogenic possibility of cry, but why the clothes gone? I mean, they could have just frozen with his clothes on. We truthfully, we don't know what's going on here. Basically, the gist of this is we got a kid that disappeared in 1980 and is back and hasn't aged a day. And uh, he has no memory of the interim between when he was with his parents and when he showed up. Naked? I, I can't tell you that, that. That's something you guys are going to okay. have to find out. Yeah, the possibility find might be a clone. We got to find. <laughs> hey, if there's some way to genetically, I, I don't know if if there's any kind of genetic records from the 1980s. Honestly, I couldn't tell you one way or another on this this whole thing. I just got these scant results. Um, to let you know, um, we have. Um, we have uh, our, our agent, Agent Delilah. She's uh, within the FBI, the local San Francisco FBI. Uh, she's been keeping the, the FBI at bay from going out there to recover uh, Brandon. Uh, so that gives you a small window of opportunity to go out there and investigate the situation, look into Brandon, and determine what's going on. Well, we can, um, are we going to? Well, we can't really fly out there. We can drive there in about you're gonna, four hours. You're going to have to. You're going to have to drive out there. Um, there's re, re, we've we've got problems out there with a lot of wildfires. A lot of stuff's going on. They still have the area open right now, but it's a really touchy situation. Uh, and uh, they're they're limiting flights. They're limiting stuff there. Um, you think we could get like a um, government esque? transport of some sort we have two transports uh in the uh, in the parking lot uh, in the parking garage right ready for you there people can ride with me too if they want uh both four-wheel drive suvs and with government government tags and plates and stuff uh we saw you drive up agent cash um not exactly sure that you want to take your car out there why not because i would not read the license plate and identify you well, that's cute. <laughs> Besides, if there's gonna if if there's wildfires and they're gonna turn away regular cars, yours is a regular car. So here's the situation, uh, agents. Uh, you have a, a child that has uh, appeared after being uh, being gone for a number of years. You have his parents that are apparently on the way to pay, to pick him up. 
Uh, and you also have the FBI uh, going in to look into the situation. You have a small window of opportunity to investigate this. Uh, your directives on this are to locate the child, identify him as uh, Brandon McGill, uh, determine whether there is a uh, unnatural threat in the area or if he, Brandon McGill's tied in with an unnatural threat. If the unnatural threat is hostile or otherwise detrimental, uh, remove it and make, make it the outcome to appear mundane. I'm also going to caution you that the area you're going to, uh, while remote, is, uh, has a lot of uh, people involved. Uh, the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir out there is part of San Francisco Utilities. You're going to have utility people uh, out there anywhere from uh, 8 to, uh, to 20 utility people there at any one time. You got the, you got the National Park Rangers. Uh, you also have, and you also have, um, from what I'm seeing, from what I'm seeing, from what Sparky got me, you also have a couple fire crews out there who are staying in some of the cabins uh, in the area to uh, while they're while they're uh, working on on situations and stuff. Um, not to mention, you out there? Hmm? we got any friendlies out there? Unfortunately, not. Um, you and you also have an indeterminate number of tourists and backpackers that go out there. Apparently, the uh, Hetch Hetchy Reservoir area is um, popular with, with hikers and day hikers, and with um, enthusiasts and with uh, with waterfall enthusiasts. Apparently, the area boasts a lot of uh, waterfalls along the way. Hmm. Um, I'll say, I'll give you a dossier about the uh, about the area and some maps. Uh, for you to uh, reference and uh, GM to players. I've already uh, emailed those to you. If you don't have them, let me know in the, in the chat and I'll, um, and I will, uh, I will uh, get them to you. Any other investigations since then out in that area that we should be aware of or anything? Not really. Um, although there have, um, if there have, if there have been, I couldn't tell you, I don't have in the dossier. That might be something you want to look into. Yeah, um, like I said, what I got here was last minute scant and um, and full of holes. Um, that's why we're sending you out there. We're going to get. We need intel on this. Um, you'll be able to contact uh, Agent Sparky and myself uh, via encrypted uh, encrypted uh, internet. If you have any questions or anything you need, uh, we can provide some limited backup to you, or you know, help you try and find stuff uh but otherwise you guys are on your own do we have any covers that's the next thing uh we're going to be sending you in under the cover of said fbi agents who are on the way uh we have uh we have credentials and uh, identification uh waiting for you been working on working on while we've been speaking uh use discretion here guys um you're going to be in a in a in a populated area, a lot of witnesses, keep discreet. And I probably shouldn't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this anyway, because we've had some trouble. Try and not, try and not use force unless necessary. Here, we want to keep this under the, under the, under the wire as much as possible, even more so than usual. Um, we'll probably find some way of uh, 
covering your tracks afterwards, but you're on your own for the most part. All right. So just to clarify, no established green boxes or anything like that in the area. No. It's the middle of nowhere. And uh, do we know at what hour Brandon contacted his family? Uh, yeah, um, uh, Brandon was found uh, at at uh, six o'clock in the evening, and uh, he contacted his family about uh, eight California time. So that would be uh, that'd be ten o'clock ten o'clock uh, Central time for his folks. And how long is it going to take to drive from Topeka? Um, apparently, um, I don't know if they're, uh, I don't know how, uh, the McGill's are, get, are getting there. They could be driving, they could be flying, they could be doing both. We, um, and we don't have any asset that can find the McGill's? We're trying, we're trying to look. I got Sparky on it. Um, he hasn't come up with anything. Most likely they're on an airplane to San Francisco and they'll drive from there, but we got to get there first. We it's got possible they could also be taking a, a hopper to the, uh, to the, uh, Yosemite airport, but that's, um, with the wildfire situation, they may not be able to, to yeah. use that option. You might get lucky and get gain a little bit of time with them being forced to drive, but that's not a guarantee. If they bought a ticket on a, a airplane, Sparky should be able to flag that down almost immediately. You could we're detain them at the airport. To, that's what we're trying to get. And if we find, if we find out further information on that, we'll send yeah. it to you. This, this is already a major problem. The major problem is the fact that I don't see any way that the media isn't already going, getting aware, becoming aware of this. Well, you're in luck because with all the kind of chaos going on with the fires and things going back and forth and stuff, the word hasn't really gotten out. And the uh, National Park Service has kept uh, Brandon's finding quiet the rangers there haven't been been talking and uh, apparently yeah. they've been contacting with the fbi the fbi advised them to keep a lid on it and they have been doing that but as you say all it takes is a little bit of time and something might happen my my concern is more for the parents i'm sure the parents have told their relatives and their relatives have all gotten excited and they bought an airplane ticket they're flying out it could be that could be the potential there so we've got a little, we've got a window of time before that hits us all. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, I'm, I, I come packing light. I was aware that it was going to be uh, camping. So I've got a duffel. Uh, that's all. As, as do I. If, if it's, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to find a fucking cabin. Probably gonna sleep in fucking tents. I hate fucking tents. But, well, uh, this this might be a, a quick in and out. This might be something else. I can't guarantee you anything one way or another. All right. Uh, time is of the essence, and we're doing everything we can to give much uh, time in addition as possible. But there's no guarantees. You know how it goes. People slip under the wire. People uh, sneak around. Desperate people and uh, people with. Uh, intent will find ways around plus the FBI as soon as they uh, get their shit together is going to be out there as, as soon as possible I said if it wasn't for the fact that we got we got them tied up with jurisdictional uh, matters uh, in this uh, they would have been out there already excellent all right kids looks like we got to go find Yogi Bear let's get our badges let's get our our IDs and go 
All right. So we've got we've got two vehicles downstairs. Yeah. Yes. All right. Two vehicles. We can all cram into one vehicle, can't we? I, I would say they got they got you two vehicles. All right. All right. And Kirk, Kirk ends by saying, uh, "Gentlemen, uh, here's here's further information, and here's the connect and the connective uh, the connective uh, passwords." To our to our cloud system, uh, right. you can contact me myself and Sparky via that. Although I would highly recommend that you do that sparingly. It is secure, any, but the less the less um, talking we do amongst each other, the better. Are there any dead drops or anything like that in the area? Uh, we will inform you of uh, that uh, when necessary. Do we have burner phones and um, tactical devices to communicate within our group? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, that'll be provided with you on your way out with your with your uh, fake FBI IDs. And they are highly encrypted, right? As so, so always. <laughs> thank you. Uh -huh. So it's SOP. All right, I'm ready. All right. Good luck, gentlemen, and uh, Godspeed to you. Thank you. Also you. Thank you. So as we're leaving, I say, personally, I hope it's a clone. Maybe. Whatever the hell it is, we're going to send it back to hell where it belongs. Well, it might. I hope it's a hoax and it's their grandchild who just looks like his dad. But the fingerprints match exactly. That's yeah. what throws me. I thought the same thing. Yeah, you didn't consider that, though. How does a six-year-old have fingerprints on file? 1980s, Ronald Reagan had all school grade children uh, fingerprinted, starting from uh, kindergarten up until uh, high school. And I remember, and I remember that uh, in, in my personal experience, uh, getting fingerprinted because of that. You've you've, you've impressed me, uh, Agent Marshall. I didn't know that. I don't remember that. <laughs> it was all a conspiracy. To uh, well, we'll get into that later. Well, who's going with who? I'm not. I'm not a heavy driver. Somebody. It's almost. A, it's not much of a drive. I mean, it's a straight drive almost. Yeah, I'll take the wheel first. It's just uh, when you get when you get there, it's a lot of winding roads getting up into Yosemite. I prefer to keep my eyes open for um, ambushes and uh, any other clues. If yeah, so. native Californians can be terrifying when they ambush you. Absolutely. I'll drive a car. All right, um, and we'll say for the sake you got your two-way that you get your stuff on the way out and your credentials and your two-way radios, and uh, you link them up. Make sure everybody can talk with each other and stuff. And um, you got a four-hour drive to uh, to uh, Yosemite here, so you guys got time to plan and research and and uh, well look into things. So fire away, and we'll. Uh, well, uh, you know, if you have any questions, you know, on, on a in-character, out-of-character basis, this is the time. I want to, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask if we had um, been given access to a portable laptop. Well, portable. But I mean, a laptop with a hotspot or something we could use on the way to look up stuff. They've, they've probably given us all the equipment. Um, go ahead and roll, uh, go roll ahead and roll percentiles on that. 79. No, they didn't. Uh -huh. 
it's too easy to trace it back. So, look at um, that. Go ahead. I say that we uh, we we draw it well. I'm not in charge. No. But uh, we were trying to get some uh, info uh, on uh, 1980s. Yes, on the event, the uh, the newspapers. Right. Uh, my only guess would be uh, public library. I'm sure it would be. Uh, it wouldn't be paper anymore. It would be. Uh, what well, what they used to call microfiche. I don't know what it's what it's on anymore. Right. But, uh, um, okay. Um, via via your your uh, your your chat on your burner phone. Um, I don't want to spend any more than twenty minutes though. No problem. Go. Um, Agent Sparky. Uh, and along the way, he's you know he he chats and says hi. How's it going? You got any questions? Ask me. And I'm sure that probably be one of your questions there about the the um, newspaper yeah. articles um, about uh, about 45 minutes into your journey uh, you get a, a bing on your messenger and uh, it's a it's a copy of um, of uh, several articles uh, over that period um, and it basically gives uh, the basic information uh, you know Brandon McGill was with his uh, his parents uh, hiking in the uh, Hetch Hetchy region of the of Yosemite, and um, on the hike, he just up and disappeared completely. Well, parents turned their head one second, looked another second, he was gone. Uh, no trace at all. Uh, three day, three day um, uh, search and rescue in the whole area, found nothing. Dogs couldn't even find a scent. Um, in fact, uh, one one article says something along the lines that the uh, dogs just didn't seem inclined, and that really kind of um, kind of uh, was a little bizarre anecdote there uh, with the handler. The handler said he'd never seen anything like this um, and uh, stuff. Um, Sounds like the stuff that they used to say about Sasquatch. Kind of, kind yeah. of. In, in, in a lot of ways, actually. Um, if you want to do the correlations, uh, I'll give it to you there. That Yeah, actually a lot of correlations with uh, trying to use dogs that get Sasquatch there and stuff. It's... Um, so the Sasquatch doesn't steal people. That's that's never been a thing with. Now I have a question for Sparky. Yeah. Uh, any within this uh, Hitachi? What is it? Hitachi? Hitachi. Hitachi uh, area of Yosemite. <laughs> Thank you. Are there any Native American or Indigenous people territory and/or burial sites, or their holy lands, or holy? Um, um, it takes the, the, uh, about 15 minutes after asking that question, uh, Sparky gets back to you and says, um, the, uh, region historically has had tribes there, um, uh, uh mostly, uh, living situations, uh, no accounts of any, uh, burial sites and stuff, um, in the later year, in later years, uh, most of the tribes kind of shun the region because uh, it was considered um, more of an area for outcasts and for uh, for uh, groups that are were kind of were kind of uh, on the fringes of Native American society, but that was getting kind of into um, close to the mid 1800s and stuff. Um, uh, kind of uh, kind of before um, before the War of 1812 and stuff when when uh, and during the time of the uh, Spanish colonial era. Um, 
yeah, the, it, was, it was pretty much just another place for uh, Native American uh, habitation. They'd come through every so often. Um, they uh, was kind of a, there's some some notes there in in one of the one of the uh, uh, papers that um, that uh, it was a gathering place for for um, wild rice uh, and for other grains and stuff for the for the Native Americans. But no burial sites, no religious uh, areas of note. Um, the only thing of note, of course, was that. Um, the whole area of the Sierra Nevadas and 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 the Yosemite area in general was just kind of uh, uh, shunned near the la yeah, near the last end of uh, the the life of the Native Americans there. And now it's a tourist and trap. Now it's a tourist trap. Exactly. Uh, do we have an etymology for Hetch Hetchy? Oh, that is it the Native American word for? Disappeared for um, 38 years. Probably, probably <laughs> an Anglified um, Indian word, probably. It's, um, hold on a second. I actually have that written down. I do apologize for not having it on hand, but that's a good question. Give me a second here. And I wonder if that would strike a chord with me because I do speak Lakota. Um, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, strike a chord with uh, Lakota. You speak Lakota. I would like to talk to you some point. Excellent. And I, I say a couple things on it. Did you have any family that were code talkers? Um, maybe, maybe not. I think that was mostly Navajo, but I'm not an expert. Yes, they were, they were, they were Navajo. Um, essentially, uh, Hetch Hetchy um, uh, is in reference to the uh, the uh, wild grains that were in the area. Uh -huh. stuff, okay. uh, wild grain plants. Did uh, was Brandon McGill declared dead at some point? Yes, actually, he w he was officially declared dead uh, after the, uh, the the typical uh, statute of, of limitations for the state of Seven California. Seven years. Or so. Yeah, about seven years, if I'm not mistaken. No, oh, little kid getting lost in the woods was probably declared dead a week after. Six-year-old. There's California. There's bear. There's yeah, large cats. Mountain lions. There's there's wildcat. Um, that's actually um, if you look back at the uh, at the uh, the uh, news 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 clippings and stuff. Uh, one of the things that the was thought was it was uh, quite potentially a mountain lion that would uh, would have dra drug him off. Um, that would explain why there. his parents didn't have a chance to hear anything. Yeah, yeah. They usually grab the throat, don't they? Well, they, 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 they that's that's one of, that's one mo of a mountain lion. But so, sometimes they've been known to be able to just grab someone and drag them far really fast. Are there any? And in fact, and in fact, there's um, there is. Um, uh, one, one account in the in the articles of one of the search and rescue people, firmly stating, "Yes, this has to be a mountain lion attack. It's it has all the earmarks of a mountain lion attack, even though when you really look into it, there's nothing really there to suggest one way or another." Yeah, and I think a dog would smell a wildcat. And that's true. A dog would smell a wildcat and be able to follow it. And a wildcat would have returned to pristine after 38 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're, yeah, we're talking about what they thought that it was. 
it's also highly unlikely that a that a, a mountain lion would stay anywhere near walking trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, they stay away from people. I don't any other uh, any registered, and I sent you a message board. Uh, are there any other registered five hundred one c threes that might be of interest to me? What's that? What's that? Sorry. Are there any other five hundred one c threes registered with those names? No. No. Here's here's a question I think that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. We're going out here to look for uh, possible anomalies or incursions that might be a threat. Have there been other disappearances in the area? Uh, because if I'm I'm making this up, if there was a um, some sort of an uh, an a, a door, a wormhole, or something that the kid fell through and returned 20, 38 years later, it would be there to get other people as well. But if nobody has, this, this has never happened before, I'm not sure how much of a threat there actually is. If it's only affected okay, one is... little boy in 38 years. Okay. So check the records to see if there's other people who've gone missing. Ah. Eaten by beer bears. Okay, so are you going to, um, if you're not driving, Tom, uh, is your character going to go ahead and uh, look not. on the internet for this? Do I have a way to look on the internet? Oh, yeah, you got, you probably got, you probably, you got your smartphone on you. Well, not my smartphone. Or, well, I've you've got, got a, you know, you've got a smartphone on you. All right, I'll look on the burner phone. Okay. Siri um, says. <laughs> um, looking around, um, I am going to send you, uh, send everybody a link here. Now this is something you guys can look into uh, one of one of the rabbit holes to go down in your spare time. And also the devil's chair. Okay. Um, we'll do the devil's chair and then we'll get back to Tom's right there. Um, devil's chair. Um, it's a uh, it's a it's a small little feature that's kind of been popular at the Hetch Hetchy area for hikers and backpackers and 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 uh, and tourists. It's a basaltic column that uh, is between um, the um, area that the uh, by the uh, O'Shaughnessy Dam, uh, which is the major uh, attraction for the one of the major attractions for uh, for the uh, reservoir. Um, it's between the Shaughnessy Dam and Kalana Rock, um, just right off from the, uh, from the backpackers camp. And it's a basaltic column it, that's been broken to look like a, uh, a chair. And uh, it's got scrub brush around it um, and uh, other features. Um, basically, it's a place where people frequent, frequently go to and have picnics and, and sit around and look at the, the scenery and the, and the uh, reservoir there. Look, everybody, I just, he, he's taking apart his phone, right? his uh, burner phone right now, taking a, a battery out if he can uh, okay. as it's shut down. He's like, look, I know we're all gung-ho to start researching shit online, but you never know who could be watching and tracking stuff. It's better if electronics are disabled until we absolutely need them and are in a permanent location to do it. Okay. Hmm? Going back to, going back to, to Tom thing there uh as you're um okay um 
okay. So nobody's okay. Nobody got the uh, nobody got the uh, maps. Not yet. No, I got the map. I got the maps. I didn't get the other. I thought you were sending us something else. Oh yeah, I I, uh, I sent you guys a uh, a link in the in the chat. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't see. Anything. I don't see that you yeah. send it to somebody privately. Um. Okay. I think it went to Doctor Bob privately here. Let me see about uh It sure did. I was like, I've got it. I don't know what your guys' problem is. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, let me send it again to everyone. Sorry about that. Man, who's saying we shouldn't use technology is the one who gets the. Uh... <laughs> okay, it should have gone through now. There we go. Thank you. All right. Um. Getting. Uh. Getting to Tom's. Um question there uh you found some uh some things uh some suggestions and stuff in various web pages but you're directed to this one particular website here and there's a lot to read here and i'm not expecting you guys to look at it right now but i encourage you all to have a look at it um in between in the between sessions here uh the gist of it um is that um it kind of gets into the whole situation of uh, missing people Apparently, there is a rash of missing people uh, in national parks across the country. Uh, quite a disturbing number of people have been gone missing. A lot of them have been kids. Um, now, since the inception of the national park system, over uh, 1,100 people have been uh, reported missing inside the confines. Um, and uh, often the people and the children who go missing vanish without a trace same mo as brandon's uh people uh, people look just look away for a moment and uh they're gone in fact actually before uh, the air, the areas were national parks um there were accounts of um of people gone missing and uh same mo uh and you and oddly enough um as you read, read the website and listen, and, and listen to the links of, by the guy who put up the website uh, to various sources and stuff, um, a lot of it happens to be in areas that, are, uh, that are, uh, have huckleberries in there, as well as uh, incidents of uh, sudden weather are involved, either before, uh, during, or after the situation. Um, in fact, actually, that's one of the things that um, hampers a lot of search efforts is that uh, whenever any search efforts for missing children or people have uh, come into play, uh, bad storms come in, uh, everything from, you know, the worst, the worst rain and thunderstorms on record to, uh, to uh, snowstorms of uh, epic proportions to, um, you know, anything you can think of and then some uh, in the way of bad weather. It's like always from these disappearances, bad weather um follows and correlating with the uh, stuff sparky sent you uh in the articles there was a uh, bad thunderstorm that uh cut the uh that cut the uh search for brandon short i wonder if that's why agent angler that they brought up uh, the la fontaine incident that's a that's a potential corollary for certain because that was like one of the worst snowstorms in the history of yes. the United States. Um, um, also, um, let's see, there was, there was another, but uh, let's see. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's uh, oh, and as you're as you're going through stuff uh, there, one thing that pops up that hits, hits you hard in these national park disappearances. The um, and this is like a everybody who reads it, it just kind of goes smack to you right there. Um, Yosemite National Park has the highest incidence of these strange uh, disappearances. And Brandon, it, and the more you go to, go looking at uh, the uh, website I sent you and everything else, uh, Brandon is only one of many who have who've gone through the same MO and um, and uh, nine times out of ten people are not found. Uh, and when they are found, especially the kids and stuff, um, the kid. I mean, there are a few kids that that pop up maybe uh, a day later. Uh, and they're usually and, and they're alive, um, but um, but uh, they're very disorientated. They're very uh, uh, out of it, kind of like how Brandon was. Um, but uh, nine times out of ten, they're they're uh, they're they're never found, or if they're found, they're found dead in some of the most remote areas, uh, in uh, usually miles away from where they disappeared. And in areas where there's no way uh, children of their age could could even get up in, into those areas. And you um, say 1,100 in less than 100 years. Um, that's accounted accounted 1,100. There's actually grow. Um, reading more into it, there's uh, more anecdotal um, uh, reports as well as uh, new reports coming in all the time, and that number keeps rising. But there isn't a particular. I mean, Yosemite has a high number relatively, but it's not as though there are there are locales that are associated with this more precisely. You're thinking something uh, along the lines of the Bermuda Triangle, but of the... Actually, if you wanted to think of a blue Bermuda Triangle scenario, it's it's Yosemite. Yosemite would be your your middle of the Bermuda Triangle, although it's not unique. You have you have instances. Uh, in in uh, national parks and stuff, even in national forests too. I mean, uh, looking you know, looking further and deeping and deeply looking and cross referencing on the internet, um, it happens with national forests and, and stuff. And that's just you know, and that iceberg just barely being chipped on right there. So, but it seems national park areas are are where a lot of these um, incidents are happening. Are you gentlemen uh, familiar with ley lines at all? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I know, a bit. I know a bit about it. <clears throat> Obviously, it being Yosemite, there's probably some very clear interactions in our sections uh, of ley lines in the area. <laughs> using one of your phones to take a look at it. Um, my suggestion is that uh, with the popularity of... Uh, wilderness areas as they've grown over time people have forgotten people forget their fervor that uh, the wilderness uh may be a beautiful and spectacular place but mother nature is a savage bitch who will eat you alive if you lose drop your guard for a minute i, I don't find it that remarkable that people disappear in national parks they go that way and break their leg on a rock and die and nobody knows they're there for months and don't age for 40 years and what what's that and don't age for 40 years well this is one incident that we know of none of these other incidents have anything to do with that 
they're just people getting lost in the woods. And they're usually city people getting lost in the woods who aren't familiar with what they, what they should do in the woods. And there are a lot of waterways in large parks and waterways will take a body very far, very fast. There are a lot of wild animals too. A bear will eat a person if they've run across a dead body that just happens to be there. That's very true, but a lot of the information you're finding out is that these remote areas where these, um, these yeah, people are found or, or these uh, people have uh, disappeared that when they're found dead. Um, there are some that are found near waterways, but the overwhelming majority are in like areas that have no association with water at all, like high cliffs and, uh, and uh, rough areas and stuff that um, are, are nowhere uh, in any way they could go downhill in or or down into a watershed situation and stuff there it's it's almost as if somebody took them and deposited them uh just in in a completely um yeah remote location that has nothing to do with water at all right um, now i think the biggest mystery that we've got is the 44 year old six-year-old and considering that he that from what you're reading here and stuff, any of the few uh, kids or people that have come back from these strange experiences haven't been gone uh, all these years, uh, over 30 years and stuff. They've come back, you know, a few days later. Um, I think one one or two, a couple months later. Uh, I, but nothing of this of this length. I think that what we're looking at here is either a hoax or. Or something, well, obviously it's either a hoax or something else. It's logical choices. Um, but I'd be more inclined to think clone than I would be to think that it's the same little boy that disappeared 38 years ago. You guys agree? The problem with that logic is that a clone would remember his phone number. Well, clone might not remember anything at all. Right. So if this kid remembers his parents and calls them, Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't He's, think of that. Yeah. The biggest um, marker for me is that the fingerprints are identical. That is the peculiar thing. And if somebody figured out how to hoax identical fingerprints, we have a bigger problem altogether for national security. Yes, and, and, and fingerprints aren't tied to your genetics. They, they form in, in the womb, so... A clone wouldn't necessarily have the same fingerprints either. You do exactly. also realize, you do realize that uh, Dr. Agent Cash should probably know this forensically, that the concept that fingerprints are unique to a person, that's something that they made up in the 1800s. We don't know that that's true. Uh, there are a lot of similarities between people's fingerprints. Um, You're muted. Documented. What does uh, what does oh. uh, Arts think? It's been awfully quiet. Well, Agent Hearts, I think she, Agent Hearts, you're going to come into this really well when we get to this kid. Yes. And I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine it's a clone. Unfortunately, I wish I could. Clone I disagree with you, Agent Nuke. Well, we don't know that medical technology has gotten that far yet, but to clone a human being. But we are dealing with some pretty weird shit. I, I'm going along with thinking of some sort of time dilation or doorway. 
interdimensional doorway. That's even even more remote a chance than we we certainly can't manipulate time. We can't. Well, you're thinking some entity or alien. We don't know that those exist. Group or something. (laughs) Some group might be involved in the process. There have been some, a small handful of anomalous situations where people who were plunged into extremely cold water were basically cryogenically frozen so that they didn't drown because they stopped breathing and they were brought out of the water after lengths of time that they couldn't have survived without drowning under normal circumstances. So there's a remote possibility. I don't know that geology of this reservoir, but there's a remote possibility that Brandon was just naturally frozen. It does explain the nakedness. There's there's been a number of incidents that I've I've read about where uh, uh, coal miners, uh, mining coal, have broken into small pockets of rock and and revealed uh, frogs that... uh, were buried there and that they revived after they were their little chambers were open and yet from considering their their surroundings and the depth they must have been buried 10 10 or 15,000 years old, uh, ago and yet they come back to life so that that oddly enough seems even closer to the possibility that some freak of of nature some something caused him to get suspended in time or what are the uh, artificial suspension of some sort but I still think it's 90% chance it's a hoax of some sort when are we going to get there this is the longest okay, fucking nope. drive ever <laughs> no, I'll just finish up with the anglers thing when he looks into uh, the area and stuff um, the area doesn't seem um conducive to to his theory there of uh of of uh, being no, frozen no um, glaciers even in, winter, even in the winter time even though it's at it's in part of the sierra nevadas the uh area um doesn't get as cold as as much of the rest of yosemite and 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 such and which again was one of the reasons why um why uh, uh the area was chosen for the reservoir there which um, if you all want to, just to kind of give you an idea of, of, of the area you're going to here, you're going to the uh, Hetch Hetchy uh, Reservoir, which is uh, inside of Yosemite National Park. It's kind of in a offside area. Um, and it's unique because the reservoir was built um, in the uh, early, in the early uh, 1900s uh, to become what is now, what was then and is now the, uh, main, one of the main water sources for San Francisco. After the Great Fire, the uh, the city wanted to uh, expand its its uh, water needs. And uh, long story short, and you can look up on the internet for all the details on it. Uh, the reservoir was built in a special arrangement between the uh, San Francisco Utilities and um, and the Park Service allowed for the Hetch Hetchy Valley to be flooded with the creation of the uh, of the um, reservoir. Um, at the reservoir, the big, uh, other than the natural waterfalls and rock features and such, uh, the um, biggest the the biggest um, attraction is the O'Shaughnessy Dam, uh, which is the da- uh, which is the reservoir dam, and it's visited um, daily by people. 
Um, for the most part, um, the area, um, uh, people come in on day treks in the area, um, you know, pay a small fee to, to go park and see the dam and walk around the part of parts of the, uh, of the, um, of the reservoir, but um, it, al it also has an extensive uh, backpacking trail on both the north and the south side. And, um, and uh, that's uh, the only way you can uh, access that is with getting us uh, highly sought after special permission uh, passes. Um, and people sometimes wait months or years to get these passes so they can go into the backcountry. Um, and um, that's what the backpackers camp is generally for. It's for these people who come in to do extended uh, multi-day hikes and stuff as a place to stay or a place to gather to after being in the backcountry. A um, lot of beautiful stuff there. Again, uh, you all can do internet searches on that and it'll, it'll give, you a, give you a fuller account of what's out there. Then, uh, Brandon is with Rangers at the Rancheria Range Station. Yes, the Rancheria Ranger Station. Um, we'll get to that here in just a little bit, but that's the main uh, national park um, center that's there. That's there. It's a uh, it's it's a newer uh, building set up over by the uh, by the backpackers camp, uh, basically to to check in backpackers, check the passes uh, for multi day hikes and such, and as a as a uh, headquarters for the um, for the uh, National Park Service in the area. Uh, water and power- And they have medical facilities there? Um, basic first aid and such. Uh, they do have a helipad there where if there's any incidents, um, uh, people can be airlifted out. The helipad's primarily for water, the, the utilities department uh, to use to, for, for maintenance on the dam, but it's all, it can also be used for search and rescue, fire crews and for, uh, and for um, medical reasons as well. Um, yeah, if you look at the map, the map will give you an idea of, of um, everything that's there. Uh, if you have a question on certain areas of the map, uh, you, uh, I'll, I'll do what I can to answer it. Otherwise, I'll get you information on that. Um, the the uh, uh, utilities has, uh, has their own little compound there and uh, various uh, support networks. Um, also in the area, some cabins that are usually rented out, but at this time, um, with the fires and stuff, usually they, they host um, uh, search and rescue or uh, fire crews. And with and a little bit, bit of poking around, you see some pictures on the internet of some fire crews there by the cabins, uh, uh, you know, thumbs up and smiling and stuff. And Brandon's at the ranger station. Yes, he's at the ranger station over by the- And he the, was there uh, overnight. Yes, he's been there and overnight. And they found some clothing for him somewhere. Yeah, you would assume so. And and uh, how many how many rangers do we estimate have been in contact with this cryogenic um, miracle in the last twenty four hours? Going o going over what uh, what Agent Kirk gave you, uh, at least two. Um, now that doesn't mean that others haven't had contact with the situation. Um, so they've got rangers on overtime who were minding this kid because. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, there is mention of uh, of the head ranger there, uh, Douglas Kenna, uh, who's who seems to be in charge of of taking care of the situation. Uh, the ranger that found him uh, was a uh, Tamika Gallegos, and um, so it's pretty safe to assume they both that they both 
are involved. Um, there's probably other rangers there, and uh, given the situation, probably any number of people can in be involved there. I mean, the whole place may even know about the whole thing. The place may just they may just have kept it under wraps. You're not sure yet. Yeah, I, and and I wonder if there what there are for overnight facilities in a place like that. Do they have a guest room uh, for? Yeah, the rangers would have. Yeah. Cabin. Yeah, there's there's guests there's there's some um, guest rooms at the at the at the uh, at the Trailhead Lodge. Um, there's other rooming at, uh, with the water and power and uh, and uh, in the cabins and stuff if necessary. Those are mostly of the permanent overnight fixtures that are there. Um, otherwise, there's there's the backpackers camp, but that's temporary for stuff going on. The Rangers really don't rough it out there when they got the they got the the lodge. Sparky, how are you doing on an ETA for when when we will expect the FBI and uh, the parents to show up? Uh, Sparky gets back to you. No word on the FBI, but I've tracked down the parents. They're in flight from Kansas at, the, at this time. There should be, they should be uh, landing into uh, San Francisco uh, within, within, uh, within an hour. So we're going to need to run some interference in um, San Francisco, have them detained. That gives us five hours before they Another can. hour or two can never hurt. We'll see what we can do on our end. A simple um, random uh, security check is all that's necessary. Well, I'm more concerned with the FBI agents. Um, if you could divert them in some way, perhaps... Let let one group know that another group is handling it, and let that group know that another group is handling it. Apparently, that's already going on, says Sparky. Okay. Um, don't know when they're going to get their shit together, but it could be at any time. Um, be careful out there. Uh, there. I got reports that there may be that the road may be blocked along the way due to uh, due to uh, the fires and fire crews coming in and out. Yeah. Now, how bad are these fires? I mean, are they like state of emergency or? Um, the big fires are kind of far away from your area, uh, but they're like little little brush fires that have been popping up all over. The last major fire that was in the area was in 2016. Um, but uh, that, uh, but uh, right now uh, the fires are more like little pop-up brush fires uh, from heat lightning and from uh, odd, thunderstorms that may come through generally those have been contained uh but there if, if you want to do a little looking on the internet there's some concern that something big might might pop up again they're not sure what's going to happen but um, what i what i would like to look up is the weather for the month of his disappearance in yosemite um the month of, of brandon's disappearance the weather was actually pretty good um no anomaly? the only anomaly was uh the huge thunderstorm that happened three days after his disappearance but it happened after his disappearance okay. yes i was wondering if some sort of energy fed into the disappearance somehow we don't know let's see we should be getting there soon yeah let me switch over to my uh, little guide here. I'm going to be looking at this. Okay, after after a while, um, and following and following the roads, you enter the um, you enter the Hetch Hetchy region. Has a nice big sprawling uh, uh, 
sign there saying, welcome to the Hetch Hetchy. Um, you can see pictures of that on the internet. Um, uh, shortly thereafter, um, passing that in the entrance station, uh, you pass by the uh, Mather Ranger Station, which is a very large ranger station that uh, takes care of the affairs in the area. Um, used to take care of a lot of the affairs over by the reservoir, but since the uh, recent construction of the Ranteria station, um, they, uh, that's taken a lot of the, uh, their focus off of, uh, off of the uh, reservoir and into other, other aspects of the region uh, from what you can gather. But it's a large ranger station, a lot of stuff going on, but that's not where you're going to be going. You're going to be continuing along the road, which um, goes up towards the, uh, to the O'Shaughnessy Dam and the reservoir. And that's where you're going to be uh, coming to. And it doesn't take too long until uh, you're there. After passing uh, the big ranger station, um, uh, you hit uh, the road. You see a sign there that denotes the road being the Evergreen Road. And about that time, you notice that the whole area um, is really rather unique. Uh, you go from forest to a very uh, rocky situation. The whole area around uh, going up to and around the uh, the, the dam is, uh, is uh, very rocky and it kind of gives you the impression that it's more desolate than uh, the, the, the environmental zone is. Uh, the environmental zone is still very much the uh, Yosemite zone with uh, trees like, you know, redwoods and sequoias and oaks and, and that and that sort of thing and pine trees. But it's a lot because of the, uh, it's just really, really rocky, really, really rough. And it kind of gives you more desolate feel and kind of plays with your, your senses and that, you know, maybe a lot more barren and, 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 uh, and uh, warmer and stuff than it actually is. But occasionally a tree pops up or a uh, large bush pops up that kind of breaks out a little bit. But as you get closer and closer to the dam, most of the uh, area is just, you know, rocks. I mean, it's, and if you look at the, uh, the map and if you go onto Google for the satellite photos and stuff that the map's based on, um, that's, that's all you see is just, just, just a huge, you know, rocky area and uh, with little pockets of, of growth here and there and, and everywhere and stuff. Um, and- um, you the Devil's Chair was basalt formation? Yes, a lot of the rocks around here are, are, are basalt. Which is uh, igneous? Fog yeah. volcanic, yeah. Yeah, volcanic in nature. The whole area was was formed in, with various volcanic um, uh, actions back in the day. And also, if you do a little bit of looking on the net, and I'll give this to you here, they have found, uh, not in the Hetch Hetchy area, but in, in the, the greater region, they have found lava tubes and other uh, uh, remnants of, of past volcanic activity. Um, Lava tube reminds me of your toad theory, Nunk. Ha. Huh. Maybe. But um, as you're breaking out into the more rocky area around the the reservoir, coming up to the reservoir, it's uh, it's a it's a pretty nice day, all things considered. But a little bit, maybe a little bit too hot. But then again, you're in the middle of a drought in California right now, and. Um, and uh, conditions conditions here are, are are pretty stifling when you when you if you poke your head out the window and such. That's why there's so many wildfires at this time. Everything's dry. Yeah, 
And uh, again, going back to weather anomalies, that's been a big thing here for the past few years is that it's been really, really dry and out of, out of, out of game. I'm sure everybody's seen, you know, what's been going on in California with, uh, with drought conditions and lakes drying and stuff. And uh, one thing you notice that the, that the, the Hetch Hetchy Dam has, has, uh, has stayed rather stable. It's been one of the very few lakes and the very few uh, um, water, uh, water containment areas in California that has not been uh, augmented or, um, or, uh, or kept up or, uh, or otherwise has, has, has dropped a lot. Um, and uh, and that, that's, it's, it's in itself kind of an anomaly, although some of the other surrounding lakes uh, uh, have maintained similar course, uh, but compared to, you know, Southern California, or, or uh, around Los Angeles and stuff. Um, the, the lakes up here have pretty well uh, kept together. Uh, you get outside of uh, uh, which the area you went through getting to getting to Yosemite. Uh, the lakes out there, a uh, little bit of reading up have been artificially maintained so that uh, they don't, the, the system doesn't collapse. Sometimes the water comes from um, the uh, Hetch Hetchy system. Sometimes it's pumped in from other locations. But um, it, it does strike you that, that this is a very valuable spot in that, um, that it's, it's still uh, maintaining its, its, its uh, despite the fact that it is being pretty much drank dry from, by, uh, literally from San, uh, San Francisco, it's still maintaining its, uh, its integrity, even if just barely. And that's a that's a that's an anomaly in itself out of most of the lakes and, and water sources in California at this time. Which makes containing any uh, anomalous condition here more important. Quite probably. But uh, moving along, um, yeah, the the Evergreen Road takes you to the uh, to um. A turnoff, which uh, puts you right at the uh, Rancheria Trailhead Station, and the Backpackers Camp, which is at the foot of a of a hill, um, kind of a notable hill. It's not a huge hill, but um, it's 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 rather notable, as you can see on the map. Um, you know, uh, there's a winding road that goes to the top where you would uh, where from your your uh, your investigations you would assume the the helipad's located. Basically, it's a cleared out area of dirt. Uh, you can see bits of trails going in and out of the scant trees and uh, and uh, rocks that are in, and the uh, not so scant rocks that are in the in the area, uh, even from where you're at. And um, it's quite quite hopping here. You notice uh, parking lots full of cars, um, people mulling about, lots of tents out there in the uh, uh, that you can see from from your angle uh, of the. And what uh, time of day are we arriving? Um, so you, um, it's actually getting into the, uh, it's actually, uh, getting into the evening now. Uh, you guys showed off, let's say, I would say about, uh, two o'clock. So, um, it's about a four hour trip there. So it's good. It's, hmm? Go ahead. yeah, so you, you left about two, uh, add four hours. It's getting to be about six, seven o'clock, still light outside, but. Uh, pretty soon you figure the, the sun's going to dip over the horizon. I assume that there are no campfires allowed. Uh, not at this time. No, you also do see 
no, the, the no burn, no burn notices there. Right. And when I, I, I'm picturing, you know, two armored black large vehicles that we're in. No, actually, you're in a, you're in a civilian uh, SUVs with government plates. Okay. Does anyone agree just when it, we pull up? Yeah. And just to let you know, when you were entering the park and stuff, you were checked out and then they noticed your government plates and um, figured you guys figured you guys had your little cover story uh, to get by, you know, FBI, flash the badge mm -hmm. and stuff. They let you through without any, any incident, didn't make you pay anything. Um, just jot down as we see the parking lots and the cars and stuff like that. I'm gonna just jot down, slow down considerably, and yeah. just jot down or have some, one of you guys jot down for me just some of the license plates that are the numbers that are in the area. In case we okay, can do you, you can do you can do that. Um, it'll take you time to get through the entire parking lot, but just you know, kind of start starting to take numbers and stuff. Mostly California plates. Uh, there are a few plates from Oregon, uh, Nevada, Arizona. Uh, one uh, set of plates from uh, Arkansas, yeah, uh, from what you can see. No Kansas yet. No Kansas plates, no. Uh, you don't see anything that denotes it that could be Brandon's parents. So, I, you know, we want to speak immediately to Rangers Kenna and Gayenos, right? Uh, yes, uh, Ranger Douglas Kenna is the head ranger there at the Rancher Trailhead Station, and uh, 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 Tamika Gallegos is the ranger that found uh, uh, Brandon. Right. So, so again, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sunset begins at 8 p.m. We will be totally dark by 8.36 p.m. tonight. Well, we're also in the mountains, so it'll get dark quicker just because the shadows. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll, where you're at, since it's a very open area and it's kind of exposed and you got, you know, kind mm. of like uh, in, in a open, kind of the open end of the hill area, you'll have a little bit more um, daylight than usual, but not by much. I bet we could read uh, large print by the Milky Way out up here. You know, I there's gonna be no light pollution to speak of. Yeah, yeah the only light, light. <laughs> uh, the only potential light pollution would be from the uh, cabins, the, uh, the uh, utilities area and uh, maybe some small lights at the ranger station, but they'd be turning those off, uh, you know, about 10 o'clock or so. So gentlemen and Agent Hearts, uh, you know, my first thought is that we should present, present our credentials and ask to speak to the two relevant agents. Anybody yeah. want to do anything else? Well, we should definitely well, talk to the child. We've got, we've got like less than five hours before somebody gets here. Nobody wants to split off or anything. We're just going to go in and introduce ourselves. Yeah, we'll you, we'll take your lead. We'll we'll follow behind you. Good. So, who's it? There's somebody in a front desk, I assume. Um, going in inside. There's, there's really not exactly a front desk per se. Uh, the station is kind of on the small side. Um, you figure, you know, it. You know, if there was the bad conditions, you could get about 25 people in there. If you want to go with a pinch, you could uh, put in about 40 people. Uh, crowded, um, has a big common area with a fireplace, um, two stories. Uh, you figure the, uh, the, bar the barracks area for the rangers is upstairs. Um, the common area is uh, open two levels with a kind of a balcony uh, leading off to, uh, to rooms. Um, you know, 
pretty typical for your, your, your national park fair. Um, in fact, coming up, you actually, you know, smell the newness of a lot of the wood that was uh, 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 added on to it and uh, added on in the sense that you also notice that uh, the station looks like it's been built up from a smaller structure that that's a little bit older. Um, so kind of uh, kind of like an expansion to, to something that was already here. Um, but uh, but it's you know a typical little uh, affair um, in the open area. You do see um, you do see a. Uh, uh, a couple rangers uh, talking, um, and a few people kind of, kind of uh, sitting around on some of the uh, uh, the chairs and stuff around the fire, the fireplace. Fire's not going, of course. There are civilians as well as rangers here. Yeah, there, there are about uh, uh, four civilians sitting around um, uh, the, the the fireplace area talking. Looks like a small group of people. Uh, but judging how by how they're dressed, there you figure they're backpackers and, and such. So I want to have a, a quiet word with the ranger immediately. Okay. Well, the two rangers look up at you, and you're you know the entourage of you five, and uh, uh, how are you all dressed? at this time we're dressed like fbi agents right <laughs> now okay uh, like fbi so, agents so who expect to be camping no but fbi agents well. <laughs> okay. um how about the rest of you i mean i'm dressed in a, in a blazer and and like just pants like kind of like a like a pantsuit okay oh how we're dressed yeah, uh, um, your typical Western fare. Yeah, jeans, this actual shirt, the cowboy okay. hat, glasses. No problem. Um, they kind of, they kind of like blink, looking at the the unusual eclectic gaggle that's come in, and uh, the one, uh, the one young uh, ranger says, "Hi there. Uh, how can I help y'all?" And the other one, who's a, y a young. Uh, female uh looks to be in her mid-20s kind of eyeing you all up and down and stuff trying to make sense of uh i very awkwardly eye her back not okay. in a productive way but in a really creepy like quit looking at me kind of way okay they don't have they don't have bad names on them oh no you uh if you do you guys have your uh, credentials showing are you talking I about the, the, uh, the, the forest the rangers do the rangers yeah, have names? Yeah, I wonder if the rangers have their names on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one, the one gentleman um, uh, that, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, the one gentleman that that uh, that says hi, how can I help you? Uh, has a, a plate that says uh, Nicholson on it, and the uh, young lady there has a plate that says uh, Bloomberg. Okay. Uh, so the uh, gentleman addressed us first. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to sort of put my back between the civilians around the fireplace and mm -hmm. and that ranger. Yeah. And say, uh, indicate that uh, we need to speak to Ranger Kana. And I'll sort of, you know, marginally indicate my credentials. Oh, wow. Hey, um, yeah, we didn't expect you guys to get here that quickly. Um... Um, 
sure. Yeah, just give me a second. I'll I'll, I'll go I'll go uh, I'll go uh, find him. Thanks. Kindly. Uh, how how is she or he going off away? Um, just walking away. Yeah, actually, he's he's he uh, he actually goes up the stairs nearby to the uh, uh, up up the up the stairs to the to the second level. I'm actually going to follow. Okay, well, um, as you follow uh, follow up the stairs, um, he doesn't seem to be paying attention to you. But you see him go up and go into a nearby room, opening the door and closing it. I'm just going to listen through the door. Okay, so you're going to go up to the door? <laughs> Damn right I am. Okay. Uh, go mm. ahead and um, make a... Uh, Oh, uh, and on my, as I'm as I'm heading on my way up, I'm going to kind of just uh, gesture a little bit with my head uh, to kind of watch my back uh, a little bit to angler. Okay, no problem. You see, you you see uh, the doctor go up the stairs. Um, well, you know doc- the other ranger watched you go up the stairs. No, I know, but I'm heading off the, to up the stairs, and we should probably always have each other's back, no matter what. Yep. Uh, go ahead and do a. Um, a search roll. Mm-hmm. I rolled a seven. Okay, no problem. Um, you can extreme success. Okay, no problem. You can hear. Uh, you can you can you can pick up what's in the other room. Um, you hear sounds of what sound like a, uh, a video game system being played, kind of very faintly in the background. Um, and uh, you uh, and you hear the um, hear uh, Ranger Nicholson uh, say. Hey Doug, uh, hey Doug, I think the FBI's here. Uh, they want to see you. And he, he says, "Wow, okay, whoa, hey, um, yeah, they can. Good, they're here. Let's go." And when you hear. The door, I'm just standing there with my arms crossed. And I okay. Start... Ah! <laughs> yeah, you know they they kind of they kind of have. Wow, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, yeah, you see an, uh, another man about. Eh, he's in he's in he's in his early forties, late thirties, maybe, with a stretch. Um, jumps, wearing ranger uniform, has the uh, has a plate that says Kenna on it, and he's whoa 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 who are you? What are you doing up here? I just shake my head and walk back down the stairs. Sorry to interrupt, Mario. Who's who? I can just imagine. Charles, Charles, who was that? I I think that's one of the the, the guys who's with the FBI. What? I imagine the four of us watching them all walk up the stairs, one after the other, and then over a wooden railing, seeing cash outside of the door. Mm -hmm. And the people in the fireplace looking up and sort of, you know, looking over drunk and... Okay, well, after that little bit, um, both rangers come down, and uh, and uh, you know y'all notice the new the new ranger with Ken on his uh, on his nameplate, and he's he's kind of eyeing the situation. He's, his eyes dart between uh, your party and uh, the doctor there, um, and he kind of slowly walks over and says, "Hi." Um, Yeah. Hello. Ranger. Ranger. Uh, Hi. Kenna, is it? Yes. Yes. Are you 
and he, and he kind of leans in, are you guys with the FBI? Yes, and we would like to keep our presence here as discreet as possible. Right, um, right, right. Um, I'm, I'm eager to meet the uh, young fella. Let me get the let me get these people out of the out of the. Uh, that would be most appreciated. To talk about it, and you notice, um, uh, you notice, uh, Kenna uh, move over to the group of people around the uh, campfire and says. Hey, to, to one of the guys there, kind of, you know, a hipster-looking guy. He's like, hey, Bruce. Hey, Doug. Hey, um, I got some, got some people who are coming here for official business. Can we, uh, you, did you mind if you give us a little bit of privacy here? He's like, hey, no problem, Doug. Yeah, we can take it out. We can take it outside. And they all get up and head on out and, um, you know, without too much trouble. And then after, after a bit, they're gone. The door is closed. Um, a gentleman, ma'am, please sit down. Um, can, can I get you anything? So, something to drink? Um, Coffee, black. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Um, hey, Charles, go ahead and get get some coffee and some some uh, waters. Uh, soda. Anybody want soda? No, I'm fine. Okay, so, so get, get some bottled water and some coffee and, and, uh, and uh, give us a little bit of time here. Hey, sure thing, boss. And he, he walks off. We appreciate your hospitality, Ranger Kenna. Hey, no um, problem. Have a seat, please. Have a seat. Wow. Um, we weren't expecting you guys to be until tomorrow morning. Uh, that's, the, the, that's, that's the message I got. Um, and we've been doing everything we can to keep this uh, under wraps and stuff so that it doesn't. Uh, that's issue. most appreciated. Yes. Uh, is the juvenile uh, awake now? Yeah, yeah. He's he's up in the uh, he's up in one of the uh, barracks rooms there. Uh, got him on the got him on the uh, on the uh, old Xbox there. Um, Excuse he, me. Is he is he by himself at this moment? Um. Yeah. He yeah he is at this moment. No. Somebody should be with him at all times. He's playing video okay. games upstairs. Okay. I wonder um, what he makes of an Xbox. Uh, that's that's most. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's interesting. He's uh, he's uh, he's taken to it rather rather well. I I'd say, um, considering that he's been been kind of uh, well. Um, let me get somebody up there to to watch over him, and uh, I'll call in. Uh, Colin, uh, Ranger Gallego, she could tell you more about... Um, can we just go up and see him? Yeah, we could do that. But I, but you should talk with Ranger Gallegos at some point. She can give you a full uh, 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 lowdown on what's going on here. I've just been trying to deal with uh, uh, the situation, as it were, in between. She's been doing most of the interaction stuff. She's on a, uh, she's on a, on a, on a mission, on a on an errand right now, and yeah. uh, she'll be back here in about in, within about ten minutes or so. We we came sure. a long way, so we'll talk to her afterwards. Sure, sure. If you want to come up and and yeah. and, and and meet meet um, like Brandon, Agent you know, Hart, um, and I'll try I'll try and answer what questions I can in the meantime. But definitely, uh, 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 Tamika there knows has a better handle on a lot of this and can tell you more about it. I do think it's a good idea to have uh, somebody with Brandon 
you know, in the in the short term, but we don't all have to go. Uh, I'm gonna, I, yeah. I'm going to hang back down here and keep an eye on the door. Um, if, if you don't mind me asking, who 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 are all of you you guys, so I can keep you all straight here? It's. Uh, um, so again, I'm uh, Agent Hutchison. Okay. This is Agent Jones, and I nod toward the others. Okay. I'm Agent White. All right. Well, part of my matters, I took my hat. I'm uh, Dakota. Okay. Um, and and you, sir? Pakiretti. Doctor Pakiretti. Okay. He's medical doctor. He's with the FBI. Sure, we have medical staff. He's from forensics. Okay, okay. He's kind of, he's still kind of looking at the doctor. Is there, is there a problem? There? Uh, no problem. It's um, okay. the name's Agent Pacchiaretti. You can address me as such. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And in fact, Agent, um, maybe you should be with the party that goes to look at the kid and see what you can tell about his physical condition, if that's of interest to you. Absolutely, I'd love to go with uh, Agent Cass uh, Agent White. Very good. And and uh, if you don't mind, uh, Ranger Kenna, we'll we'll stay down here and debrief you. Sure. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Who's who's uh, who's go? Okay. Um, well, just right now it's just you, uh, you all, uh, Ranger Kenna, and uh, uh, oh. Ranger uh, Ranger Bloomberg is down there. The young ladies. She's. Uh, but right now, if you look, she's off over by the radios, checking them out and stuff and kind of. Well, I was going to say, before they actually go up the stairs, mm -hmm. um, I'm like, just a minute. And I grab agent, uh, well, I grab, uh, agent white. Yes. And I say to the side, I say, um, see how well he knows this Xbox because, he shouldn't have any knowledge of this sort of stuff if he disappeared in the eighties. That's that's true, but we'll. we'll if get he to the looks like he's been playing it elsewhere, then we know it's a hoax. Yes, yes. Ask him what his favorite games. You know. <laughs> yes, we'll do. Um, all right. So then, then they go. No problem. Um, Okay, let's start off with the uh, the going upstairs to meet Brandon there, and then we'll do uh, the debrief afterwards. Um, yeah, you go up the stairs, kind of creak a bit, you know, smell of new wood as you're going up and stuff. This seems to be one part of the new attachment to the to the original structure. Um, going up, uh, open the door, and uh, it's a you know kind of a combination common room and with with beds and and stuff up there um, on, on the edge of one of the beds facing uh, the, the TV there, which is got an Xbox plugged into, of course, and looks like, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, looks like uh, there's, you're not really sure what game's on there. It looks like some kind of, you know, Mario style game in 3D, not necessarily Mario, but one of, you know, kind of an offshoot game um, and stuff. Um, you see, six-year-old boy uh, dressed in kind of uh, clothes that look like they've been uh, they've been accommodated for a small frame, um, some you know hand-me-down type stuff, and a pair of uh, flip-flops that are a little bit bigger than than his feet allow. You notice on his feet, um, he's got some got some bandages and stuff, um, 
and um, it's Brandon from uh, from both the uh, previous and the uh, new uh, new photographs, and he's there kind of playing along, and he looks like he's just trying to get 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 the handle of things. It's like if you didn't know better, this is like maybe the first time he's actually played an, an, a modern video game system. Gotcha. I'm going to go over, I'm going to kind of crouch down on next to him. So what are, what are you playing? Uh, uh, hi. Hi, who are you? Hi, I'm, I'm Agent White. Are you, are you Brandon? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, it's nice I, to meet you, Brandon. Hi. Um, I, I don't know why I'm playing um, uh, the, the, uh, the, um, 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 the, the ranger set me up with this thing here. Um, it's, um, I've never seen a, a video game thing like this before. It's cool. I mean, I didn't know this existed. Um, I played Pac-Man before. Um, yeah, so Pac-Man's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, but this is, this is better than Pac-Man. I mean, look at the, the people are kind of, kind of look real there. You know, they look like real, like real. I've never seen like the, anything like this. I mean, it's, I, it, I, I'm trying to figure it out still. Um, but I nope. mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It's like a cartoon. I mean, yes. it's like a cartoon that actually, actually goes. I mean, do you like cartoons? I like Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, yes. They're always, I mean, they're like, always you get to play a Saturday morning cartoon. It's, 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 it's kind of cool. And now, the Brandon, um, yeah. do you remember um, how long you've been here? Um, um, well, well, um, uh, uh, the Rangers brought me here, um, yesterday. Yes, but, um, but before that, um, you came with your parents, didn't you? Yeah, 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 I, I, I don't know where they're at. I, I tried calling them, um, and, and I, I you see, you see, you see, um, um, Mrs. Gallegos there, um, yeah, Miss Gallegos, uh, the, the Ranger girl. She she gave me she she gave me the special phone to to call to call my folks. I, it, it, it's special. It's it's it doesn't look like a phone. I mean, it's like a little box. I mean, it's like it's like, like this little box with with a screen, kind of like kind of like a video game. Um, it's like a video game phone. I mean, I've never seen this this sort of thing before. It's quite cool. fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, 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 but but it did. I didn't think it was a phone, but you know, you put it up here like a phone, and 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 you you, you, you like talk, 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 talk like a phone, you know. Yeah, and um, Brandon. Um, yeah. This is kind of a, a silly question. Um, do you do you know what year it is right now? Um, um, I'm nineteen eighty. And you arrived with your parents. When did you arrive at the park with your parents? Like how long ago? Do you remember? Just, a, just a, like I guess a few days ago. Are there other? Uh, is there a park ranger in the room with us? Um, no, not at this time. Okay, I'm going to be still paying attention to his affect because I have a few questions I want to ask him when she's done and uh, do a little exam. But uh, while, he, while she's talking to him, I kind of want to look around the room and see if there's any clipboards with information or any binders that might have information about the, about the client in question. Um, you don't see anything here. Um, 
about the time you, you, you stopped the search, uh, you notice that, um, that uh, Ranger Bloomberg's come up and, and come, into the, come into the room and is kind of standing in the uh, doorway, um, you know, just kind of keep it looking, looking in on what y'all are doing. We're fine, Bloomberg. Yeah, just keep an eye out on things there. I'm doing my job, sir. Okay. Well, we're checking this out. You don't need to be in the room at the same time. I'm sure we know what we're doing. Well, if it's all the same, I'd like to make sure it's that not. the things things are good. As I said, I'm doing my job. Look, we're also doing our job, and this is in our jurisdiction right now, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave, and I'm going to attempt to um, be a little intimidating in that approach. Okay, well, you don't have to do too much with that. She goes, all right. Um, I'll just be outside if you all need me. Perfect. All right. Go ahead, Agent White. So, so Brandon, are you are you okay? Are you are you in pain anywhere? My my, my hurt my feet. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, well, you hurt uh, your the, feet. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, what yeah, it, what uh, happened? The, the nice doctor. The nice doctor. Uh, fixed him. Uh, no, do you remember that doctor's name? Yeah, um, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. Uh, he, he, Dr. Adams. Dr. So, Adams. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he has a funny voice. Um, British. English. British is, I think, what it's called? Yes. Yeah. But it, but it sounded, like, really rough. Um, um, you know, kind of a kind of a rough, you know, kind of, you know, sort of voice. But he's a nice guy, really nice guy. He's not rough at all. His voice is rough. Very nice guy. He 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 helped he helped me out and fixed my feet and and. Uh, now, were you were your feet were they were they cold were they were they cut? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so but I'm I'm sure I'm sure the doctor has helped you out there. I'm I'm glad that he did that. Yeah, they don't hurt as much. Pause for a moment, please. Um, yes. Does everybody see Ford's picture frozen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Your voice is coming through loud and clear, yeah. but your picture seems frozen for some reason. Yeah, I just didn't want to interrupt. I saw. I'm just, at any moment, he could drop. So just yep. keep an eye on it. Um, you can continue. Okay. So, so Brandon, um, if, if, if it's okay with you, um, I have my doctor friend here. Um, I think he would also like to, to take a look, look at you real fast. Um, cause, cause we want to help you out as well. We just want to make sure that the, um, that everybody's that you're getting taken care of. Hey, uh, <clears throat> Brandon, he's kind of, kind of puts down the controller and you notice that something crashes on the screen and stuff, but he kind of looks up. Hi, you're a doctor? Yeah, Dr. Pacchiaretti. You can call me Dr. Bob. Okay, Dr. Bob. Could you come have a seat over here with me? And he's going to watch for his gait and the way he walks sure. as he comes over. He kind of walks over. You notice he's, his feet are a little pained, uh, mm -hmm. and the flip-flops are too big for his feet, but he kind of walks over a little, little enthusiastically. Um, um, Kind of a little gingerly too. I mean, kind of like you know, you, you what you'd expect out of somebody who's been 
out of doors and come in, you know, like out of a bad rainstorm and stuff. But you know, he's he looks comfortable. Can you oh. Brandon, what's your what's your full name? Um, um, Brandon Frederick McGill. Okay. And and they, you know, they, make, they make me write it out in class. Do you know where we're at right now? Yeah, yeah, California. Do you know where in California? Um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone? Yeah. Okay. And do you know what today's date is? I know you had mentioned it's 1980. Uh, what is the date today? 1980. I don't know, know the day. It's been kind of, kind of funny here. All right. And if you were to describe what's happening to you right now, what would you say? The whole experience you're having, if you were to kind of describe it for me, what would that look like? Well, well, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little scared. I'm, I, want, I want my folks. I want my, mm-hmm. I want my parents. My, my folks, I tried calling them, um, but but that didn't turn out well. What happened? I, I don't know. I, it, it's, 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 and while he's going like this, um, you um, you kind of you kind of. See, if you didn't know better, the you kind of get the the impression that that the room might be creaking a little bit more than usual. Not unheard of for a wood structure and stuff, but you know. And if you didn't know better, did the room shake? Agent White, could you look into that for me, please? Yes, uh, but it's it's just a, it's just a it's just a momentary thing. Okay. Um, but but Brandon there goes. You know, let's. I just want to see my fo- my parents again. My yes. Folks. Of course you do, Brandon, and they're they're on their way. Um, was there anybody in they're the gone. woods with you? They're gone. Yes, they're coming back. They're coming okay. back to you. But was there anybody in the woods with you the last day or so when you were gone? No. Well, um, there were there were there were other other kids. Other other kids? Do you know? Yeah. Kind of shoot a look over to the agent Cash, just over the top of his head, up behind uh, the, behind him. It wasn't in the woods where they were at. Well, but sometimes they we we go up to the woods. No, where were they? Where were they at, Brandon? We were we were we were, um, we were the big people. The big people. Big oh, people. who were the who were the big people? They're 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 they were all right. They they treated us okay. Um, they're funny. I mean, they 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 look like Ronald McDonald. I mean, kind of. I mean, they had like like big red lips and white skin and and kind of kind of looked like Indians. Kind of like, and did they make you scared? Well, they were scary at first, but but they're all right. I mean, they 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 were friendly. Did and they so they never they never hurt you, Brandon. And what what separated you from them when you when you wandered back into the Rangers? Do you remember that? No. No. We, I re- do remember we were in the Blue Cave. Blue Cave. Now, now, Brandon, you you seem like a like a smart boy. Um, I need you to think really hard for me about how many 
children were were with the big people. Um, so several, several. That's a new word I learned. About several, several, or is about as then. Yes, yes, it does. That's good. Good for you, Brandon. See, I knew you were smart. <laughs> um, do, is it about as many as were in your class? Would you say? Yes. Okay, so about classroom size, and how many? How many big people were there? Do you remember that? Lots. Lots. Were there more than the kids? No. And what will you do if those Ronald McDonald-like people show up again? I, I don't really want to go back with them. I mean, I'm here. I want to go back to mom and dad. I want my mom and dad. Yes, don't don't worry. There. Where did they take you? Um, not sure. We 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 went all places. You know, went to woods. One of the places. Went, well, went, they... went by rivers and mm -hmm. went, went did by, they always went take you back caves. to the did they always take you back to the blue cave yeah yeah we were in the blue cave a lot not all the time not all the time but a lot yeah lots all right i would just like to perform a bit of a uh, physical exam on him okay so what i'm going to do now uh Brandon, what was the name? I'm sorry, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to check you out physically, make sure that there's just nothing else going on with you right now. Is that okay? Okay, Dr. Adams already did that. Okay, yeah, and okay. I'm a I'm a friend of Dr. Adams, so I'll be helping out here okay. just today. Get some notes for him, okay? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to perform a physical evaluation on him. Okay. Let's jump. Let's um, let's jump downstairs really quick, like. Okay. Um. It's it's past eight. If you wanna break at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna gonna wrap it up here so we can. Okay. We can, we can up here. Um. Okay. Um. Uh, Ranger, Ranger Ken is there and says and says. This this happens. This this. This is this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen here. To be perfectly honest, there. Uh, well, we were we were reading the report, and it seems incredible. But uh, I'm sure there's some sort of, God forbid, a hoax of some sort. You do have a six-year-old boy. I don't know what this is, and I'll be honest with you, it's been it's been crazy trying to to keep this under wraps. Uh, but we've been able to keep it quiet for the time being. Well, we appreciate that. Somebody's somebody's screwing around. Okay, and about this time, uh, the door flies open and you see uh, about three people come in led by, led, uh, led by this one middle-aged woman looking at a huff. Um, you know, they, they look, they're, they're, they're typical, uh, you know, Napa Valley Nouveau rich types. That's the best way I could put it. I mean, even though it's kind of a rough way to rough way to put it. Um, and she's coming in, you know, they're the ones who, you know, seem entitled and affluent, you know, the type. Mm -hmm. uh, she comes up stomping up right up and says, Ranger Kenna. Uh, hi, Margaret. How you doing? Ranger Kenna. 
I need you right now. We're being harassed. Harassed, Margaret, really? You seem to be, what's, what is it this time? Ranger Kenna, we have some dang dirty Indians coming through, through our camp. Two, two, these two, these two damn dirty Indians have come through, causing trouble. They, they started rummaging through our stuff. I mean, they're vagrants, vagabonds. Why can't you take care of this? I think I'm going to uh, stand up, look sternly at this person, and then give Dakota a nod. I it's walk like over to the security them. issue. I go, oh, howdy, ma'am. Oh, I'm sorry, I uh, didn't catch your name. Uh, my name's Dakota, and I was actually just uh, called in from uh, Texas. Uh, I'm here to deal with uh, some security issues here, and if you could uh, please, uh, let's let's step security outside. Security issues. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. I was speaking. Ranger Canada, what kind of show are you running here? Who are these people? I politely grab her by the elbow. Come with me, ma'am. Very uh, firm grip on her elbow. Come show me this. Sh show me these dirty Indians. And I look her dead in the eyes and smile. Come with me. And I very tightly hold her elbow and I give her the door towards the door. Okay. And, and we'll break it at that. <laughs> at the bum's rush. Yes, as as the as the entourage of the of the rich and affluent are let, let out while you guys are there, kind of like going what? <laughs> <sighs> Our players included uh, Tim Tim Hart, uh, J Jason Melnichok, Morgan Llewellyn, and David Gassaway, uh, and myself with. Uh, Ford Fitch as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in our description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.